powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Druid State Studios in California. It's episode 252 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Oliver Nouveau of United Cigar as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Douglas Race introduced another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celeste. So there's a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Sled is a perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Sled carries a blend of Criollo Allure and Peloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance, a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sizes at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Sled. And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Promo Scott is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Promo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Promo Stage Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double Age 12 Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Bono Bourbon Barrelage, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of their JFR, JFR Lunatic Guardian of Pharma, Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 252. Today is... Thursday, December 15th, 2022. Will Cooper here. I am on the black stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios, and I'm joined cross-country by my friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Uh, we're getting to the end of the year. Um, I'm, I'm done with my travel for the year, so I'm, uh, I'm going to be home for uh, several weeks, which is really good for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, uh, wish you could have been up in Minnesota with me. We had a pretty good time up there with those guys. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, look at you guys having fun. Yeah, the best was like, um, I'll just say this best was meeting Dave Burke, obviously. In, yep. Matt and Garrett were great, first of all, right? Yeah. Um, but meeting you get Dave to see in them person, every year. Yeah, yeah, I get to see them every year. I never met Dave in eight years. Uh, and he's he's just like he is on camera. It's just, you know, which is, but the, but the funny thing was looking at his face walking into a humidor. Um, right. And then yes. the sadness that he could not like buy. We, we loaded him up with stuff. Right. Right. But 
he really couldn't buy much because he it would have been like a thousand dollars for him to get the stuff home with the with customs. Yeah. How, how much is he allowed to take back with him? I forget what it is, but I know he's already high above the limit of right. what we gave him. Yeah. So he's gonna smoke. He's gonna be in, in like the states till the end of the month. So he's got some stuff okay. to smoke. He could take some stuff back, and then he can leave some stuff. I think with his family, and they can mail it to him. Got I it. think is I. So I think he's got some options, but I I think like you know it's not a big limit. Right. Yeah. So I figured that would be the case with him. Yep. Yep. So, um, but no, it was a and it, like it was interesting because when I got back home. The temperature on the ground in Charlotte was the same temperature, maybe a degree or two off from where it was in Minnesota. In mm-hmm. Charlotte, they, they were going. It got. It was pretty cold when I got home. Yeah. So that was like it was like in the 30s when I landed, and it was in the 30s when I left Minnesota. So go figure, mm-hmm. go figure. Uh, but no, it was like I said, good trip. Can't complain. Uh, but glad to be home as well. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, and then I guess the last thing I'll say is, um, you know, it seems like the baseball hot stove is not turned off since the San Diego meetings are over. So there's a lot going on. No. Yeah, there's still yeah. still big names signing for big money. So yep, good yep, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, we, obviously we're friends with Rob, and and I think his team has been it's been like a roller coaster. You know, they miss out on Judge, they get Korea, and then they just lose uh, Rondon. So to the the Yankees get him again. Like so, yeah. So uh, it's interesting with that. So, um, all right. I think, Aaron, anything else we can just, I guess, let's get right into yeah, things. Yeah, let's get on. Yeah, so I'm excited to have this guy back. Um, he is uh, the one and only Oliver Nouveau from United Cigars. Oliver, welcome back to primetime. Feels good to be back. It's, I feel like it's been a while, but I, I also, just from watching you guys, um, you know, doing the podcast and Coop, I feel like you're on, you're, you're everywhere too. Not only travel, work, but you know different podcasts. I feel like uh, I feel like I've been on the show. Just uh, I feel like I was just on last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's natural. No, it's a, actually, you know, we haven't had you on for a full show in almost a hundred episodes. I mean, you came and did the yeah. the pre show for PCA, uh, which was great. I mean, we got the chance to talk to you and Nelson, but we obviously haven't had right. you for a full show probably in about two years. So um, wow. it's long overdue. Um, I know you're 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 a guy too. You have a lot of travels, um, for sure, in in your job. And so, like I said, we're we're grateful to have you on as well. No, I appreciate you even making the you know making the call. I know we I know we tried to schedule a few things and it didn't uh, you know timing wise didn't match up. But good to yeah. be back on. Yeah, when you were in, when I was in Boston, you were somewhere. I forget you were you were not in Boston when I was there. No, you were yeah. you were in some other part of the country. And I want to say it wasn't Chicago, but I don't remember where. It was. Yeah, out out and about somewhere. Yeah, you know, travel travel's been uh, obviously it's you know it's been a lot better this year, but uh, but a little a uh, little more relaxed from what I was doing pre COVID. Yeah, um, you know when it was it was just it was just myself at the the beginning. You know, I started 2016 with United, and it was three weeks out of the month plus just uh just traveling so that suitcase never left the room and uh i i hate to even say i needed covid you know to you know just to, to slow things down but that was uh that was welcomed um you know for on, on my end just to just to slow things down and then after about a week i was ready to get back up <laughs> <laughs> no you know i want to say um yeah i wanted to say you probably uh were 
a guy who was on the road as much as even with COVID, I remember you were taking trips, you know, to the DR when you can. Yeah. 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 yeah any, any state, any state that was welcoming yeah. travelers, I was trying to, you know, trying to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and look, I have, I, I don't know how you guys do it. I'm just going to be very, it's hard. I mean, I was tired from this trip from Minnesota. I'm like, this is like, I, like this is not easy like and this was a relaxed trip i didn't it wasn't it wasn't a work trip it wasn't a cigar work trip it was hanging out with some guys and i'm like imagine if i had to do this now for a living on top of all this it's like yeah you go to airport you got to get your rental car when you leave for the airport you got park your car you're you're dealing with delays and airport food and it's like i I don't know how you guys do it i gotta be honest with you so you know it's 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 a hard it's a hard world yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a grind for sure. And some, you know, obviously some do it, uh, you know, more than others and then, uh, some do it differently. Um, you know, you got, you got some that, you know, the, not only the road warriors, but they're, um, you know, they're just in the car all the time. They don't want to fly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I became a little bit more patient though with, with travel. Like I, I know with traffic, definitely more patient just because I think once you see it more often and once it happens more often, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. So I just kind of, I still get upset, but I, I don't let it uh, bother me as much as I used to. Yeah, I don't. Blame I don't my hands. I don't blame you. Know, I was amazed because I didn't hit any traffic in just one one point where it was a slight amount of traffic in Minnesota. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, are still working home there. Is my my because I've been there before, and uh, it was like I said, a five o'clock rush hour was empty on the roads, and the weather was. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, it might have been pheasant season. Yeah, yeah, but but, but <laughs> you know, yeah, but all the, I mean, you, I think you on the road you said you've been with united since so it's over six years and i and i think a lot of what you have done in in the transformation of this brand which we're going to get to i think you really brought it to the road and took this took this story on the road and um i think that has a lot to do with why why you guys have had the success you have especially over the last couple years i'm seeing this too yeah thank you thank you yeah i mean part of it was um you know, when United was, was formed, there was nobody, there was nobody on the road and it was just going to the show or the PCA show, really. That was it. Or TDA, IPCB or whatever it was at the time. Um, it, it, once a year and that was it. And, you know, Nelson didn't have anybody. Uh, United Cigars didn't pick up selected tobacco until 2000, 2011. And, um, and still no one, you know, no one out there, no one, no one calling, no one introducing people to the, the brands or, or even talking to the accounts that, uh, that had the, had the lines. So 2016, when I came on board, it was really just hitting the, you know, hitting the ground running and introducing people to something that I thought was, was incredible, not only on the selected tobacco side with Adobe and Byron, but in the United portfolio, um, very approachable cigars in, in price and, and flavor profile. So it was really just, you know, going out, shaking hands and kissing babies, as they say, with, uh, it was, just enjoying, enjoying the time with others and meeting people. And I think it took, you know, it took a little bit, uh, a couple of years to, to kind of get the the momentum going only because there was no one before introducing themselves or coming in. So there's a little apprehension with retailers. Uh, sure. you know, they want to trust who's coming in, who's, you know, what brand they're talking about. So, um, yeah, it, it took a little bit and we still have a long way to go. Um, but the portfolio is ex- very extensive. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've looked at it. You guys have a, a great portfolio and we're, we're going to definitely get into that. I mean, you have obviously you mentioned the selected tobacco. You guys have, have developed a lot of uh, 
brands, especially since you've come on board. And then there were brands that came in when Dave started the company, uh, the brands that he had, and they've come in. And I think, you know, all three of those things now put together, um, it's giving you guys a very powerful proposition, I think, to, to certainly, I, I want to say there's something for everybody in that portfolio, is what I'll say. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, 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 I agree. And that's, uh, you know, when if I'm sitting down with someone and introducing a portfolio that, you know, maybe they've heard of some of the brands or maybe they've heard of none of them. Um, it's really showing that, you know, we have something from a dollar fifty in our in our Desperado line all the way up to uh, well, the most expensive one in the portfolio now is the is the Lyricos, the um, the the Byron eighteen fifty at seventy five. So yeah, yeah we, I mean, we have something for everyone. Yeah, no, it's true. That's true. You know, and one thing I've I, I've never asked you about, I guess, on the show is you know the United Cigars. It, it was started by Dave, or was actually resurrected by Dave Garofalo. Like, is that the correct, correct. thing? Because this was something that was around before, beforehand. Correct. Yeah, nineteen nineteen oh one. United Cigars was formed, and it was it was built into over three thousand retail locations, uh, and not only you know tobacco and cigars, but you know newspapers and um, you know gum, candy, everything. It was you know they had convenience stores and um, you know selling anything to to everybody. And then in the in the sixties is when it, it kind of dissolved. It was purchased by Marvel Comics and then kind of went away. But um, you know the nostalgia of it is 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 fantastic. You, I'll, I'll go into um, different retailers and you'll see old signage and you'll see old pictures of old um, you know United stores. And then um, so the you know the the company and the brand was kind of lost. And and yeah, Dave Garofalo picked it back up in it was two thousand and. They're going back 2009 is when it was kind of formed and he had brands in his, in his retail locations uh, to begin with brands that, that he had developed. And, um, and then we kind of brought those into the, or he brought them into the United portfolio and started to, to brand it and make it available to, to others. And, um, and really that's when, you know, it was, it, there was a little bit of, of momentum. And then uh, 2016, like I said, when I started, that's when I just really started introducing it more nationally. And um, and showcasing some of the brands to to the retailers. Yeah, no, you know what actually prompted this question for me was I was watching a documentary on uh, the boxer Jack Johnson, mm. and I and at one of the fights I saw the United advertising logo. Wow. I saw the name, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it and um, I'm pretty sure that's not the. First, I'm pretty sure I've seen it in old baseball stadiums too before, so it wasn't the first. But I, but I said I wanted to just ask because it has been something, and then. I just started doing some Googles and if you do some old Googles, you can find some of the old retail store pictures that you talked about with that. Yeah. It was yeah, referenced also in the um, boardwalk empire. They had yeah, uh, oh, boardwalk empire. boardwalk. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. they are in boardwalk empire. Yes. Uh, it's literally, uh, yeah. it was one of the retail stores. That's on it's, there, yeah, yeah. it's one of the storefronts on the right. Yeah. Right on the boardwalk. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. United cigars actually had from what I've, I've researched the first flying cigar lounge. They actually had a plane and I mean, it wasn't a big, big plane. So I don't know how many it sat, but it was more of a, a gimmicky thing. And they actually had uh, a flying cigar lounge. I, I am old enough to remember flights that you could smoke on. Mm. So I do remember. And I remember I was on a flight to California and it was one of these 747s where they had an upstairs area that you could smoke in. Um, yeah. 
you know, it wasn't like a, I just remember it was seating like that. It wasn't a private lounge or anything like that, but I actually do remember when you could smoke on a flight. So were I, they I, smoking uh, cigars on the flights or was it just cigarettes? It, it, the one was I was everything? on was, was mostly cigarettes. Yeah. 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 It was mostly cigarettes. I, you know, maybe there was some cigars, but I, again, I don't have a, a recollection of that. I've heard of people smoking cigars on flights. Um, my grandfather, I, I know, smoked cigars when he flew. But he was smoking like Optimos back then, which yeah. was like a, a, a <laughs> yeah. which which was yeah. another retail drugstore chain kind of cigar. It was yeah, yeah. Imagine how much easier flights would be right now if we could just light up a cigar. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean the, a couple hours. The one treat, the one treat is at Miami Airport uh, where you could smoke yeah. the TGI Fridays. I mean, it is uh, I it's the one airport I get to a couple hours early. Like yeah, yeah, I just I'll get there early and I'll just smoke at that lounge as long as it's not raining because it's it's actually outdoors it's, out. It's open, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting because it's a little. Um, I mean, it's in like you said, it's in the airport, right, right by the the gates, and when you walk in, it is open, but it's uh, how big would you say that is? I don't know how many square feet? Less than a thousand. Yeah, it's less than a thousand. Right. Um, but you can get they serve food there. Yeah. Um. You know, Bear famously had Brussels sprouts there. You know, we're all eating like <laughs> greasy burgers, and he orders Brussels sprouts. And he likes There's always got to be one in the group, yeah. right? There's always got to be one in the. Yeah. yeah. Well, the funny thing is, okay, so he orders these Brussels sprouts because he's like, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy. We go down to the Dominican Republic. They take him to Saga Steakhouse, and he's the first guy all over the T-bone. So, right. <laughs> that didn't last long. <laughs> uh, but no, it's yeah, no, it's. A, yeah, I just watched the. Uh, so I was just in in the in the DR uh, last week, and I watched the. Uh, what day was it? So it was Friday. Yeah, must yeah, it was Friday. The Argentina game, and uh, just in the back room having a cigar was fantastic. Um, and that was I, right I, before I went to the baseball game. Oh wow! I, I've got to say, I, I I predicted the final, so I'm 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 proud of myself here. There you uh, go. So, it, did you predict the outcome of the final? Yeah, I said France is going to repeat. There you go. You know, I was a little. And I'm, I'm, Aaron loves soccer talk, by the way. <laughs> I the only thing I've been worried about with France, right, is France is really good on European soil, and they tended not to be good outside of Europe. So, um, but they so, but I took a chance. I thought they would just really stack the team. So, yeah, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from the teams that France has played, but I feel like their their defense has been lazy. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, my family's French. So yep. my kids are, are French and Mexican, but they, uh, you know, they told me tonight they want Argentina. They want to see Messi. So Messi's like the, the drive for a lot he, of people. He's going to be, looks like he's going to play in the U S next year too. You know, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. He's, yeah. Is he the one, is he going to Miami? He's going to Miami. Or, what's, have you seen that? I haven't even seen the contract or anything on that. I don't think it's been, he's I don't got, think, I think it's still being finalized, but apparently he's, I guess there's a commitment that he's going to sign that contract. That's got to be a big contract. Yeah. And he's I mean, basically in retirement. Imagine going into retirement and playing in the, and well, not to that, take anything away from U.S. soccer, but really going down a level, but then almost true. getting paid as much or more. Pele did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and Pele did the same thing uh, with the Cosmos. That was a big deal. He was retired and he played two more years and the Cosmos threw this crazy contract at him. Like, uh, so I think Messi's kind of looking at he could be in a, like they tried to do it with Beckham. It didn't really work with Beckham. I think Beckham was just injured, but I bet he could be like this ambassador to, to make fans like Aaron into soccer fans, you know? Nope. So, you know. 
See, see, there's, like, there's a big love hate with soccer. There yeah. is. I, I mean, I, I liked Maradona when he Maradona was crazy. I just loved <laughs> when he coached. It was the best. He was the most animated coach you ever saw. The hand of God. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's your World Cup update for this. Uh, yeah. For uh, we'll go, good luck to France. Uh, uh, on on Sunday. Sun, Sunday at nine a.m. Yep. Well, yeah, yeah nine a.m. for us. Nine a.m. for us, right before the NFL. So it's like yeah. perfect. I mean, yeah. uh, I think Fox probably had something to do with that. It's like, yeah, we don't want to, you know, it's that's fine, but we got to be done by one. So the game. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, uh, you know, Oliver, we were talking. We were talking a bit about United, and um, I've seen some. I've seen a lot of changes with United in the last year, especially. Um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about it, but you know, we'll talk about some of the brand expansion. But I've seen like you guys have made some moves that have been very interesting in terms of um, distribution, and you know, the moves you made with uh, Arnold, Andre, and Yaya. I think there are two key moves that you guys are showing now that you are a distribution company on top of that. Is that an accurate assessment I'm making of this right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily the, you know, the original plan. Right. But when we started, um, when we started, I guess, growing the the brands and putting focus um, on brands that weren't necessarily ours per se. Mm -hmm. Right. So we had distributed, um, you know, even the Jose Dominguez that, that comes out of the Maria Cubana factory, that's not our brand, but we distribute it for the manufacturer of, um, you know, of, of Maria Cubana and Jose Dominguez. And right. I think when some companies, you know, were, were looking at that because they were, you, you know, we've, we've had conversations um, with, with other brands that just, if it doesn't fit and we don't think we can treat it properly uh, and do it justice, then, you know, we, we say it's just not the, not the right fit. Not that, not that every brand was saying, Hey, we want you to distribute, please, please, please. And we're giving it to you. You know, it's obviously a, a discussion and uh, a conversation to have, but um, you know, taking on Arnold Andre, uh, a 205 year old German company uh, and their, you know, rich history in, in, in cigars and tobacco in Europe, um, developing their premium cigar side in 2011 in Europe, but always wanting to distribute in the U S for them to approach us and then select uh, you know, United Cigars as their U.S. distributor, it uh, it meant a lot, um, and it fit into the portfolio because the the two lines that that we took on were or are Montosa, which is a six dollar brand that's absolutely fantastic, a natural and uh, and a Maduro, and the Terra Nova line, which in Europe uh, it's called the the Buena Vista uh, line, but you know coming to the U.S. Uh, and changed the the name right. and the packaging. A little bit and um and you have two fantastic lines with that the dark fired kentucky is a, is a subtle fired uh kentucky fire yep. cured tobacco and uh and the the arp uh Arp-Rique, um is a nice you know another nice medium body both the terra novas are around the eight dollar price point so it just fit into the portfolio we knew we could uh you know hopefully do well with it by introducing it so um you know to, to retailer so it, it it just it fit and then the yaya was was another one uh carlos guillermo um who we call or carlos guillermo gonzalez we call guille uh started the started the line just uh just about a year ago um uh, mostly just in in the dominican not really to retailers but just you know doing events golf tournaments and um you know getting into the brand and uh it was it was just another fit that uh, that we introduced at the pca this year 
he was such a nice guy too, by the way. Uh, I got to yeah. meet him at the booth. Uh, super nice guy. Uh, and a nice, really nice cigar. Again, I think that's a pretty reasonable price point on that one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great price point. Uh, like we just started, you know, playing around. We got these these five packs uh, that might be coming out. Just you know, very very simple, but um, you know, a great yeah, great cigar right around the eight, nine, ten dollar, ten dollar price point. Um, he does have a uh, you know tries to get a year of age on on all the cigars, so they've uh, you know they've rested and. Um, and, and and just offer a great uh you know another great line in the in the portfolio the the arnold andre stuff one thing i wasn't aware of and i i heard of arnold andre because you know just covering like they would they distribute a lot of u.s brands in europe but i didn't realize that they were actually in the manufacturing game where they were actually producing their own stuff yeah i mean mostly known i mean to, you, you know like i said to, over a 200 year old company they were producing a lot of the machine made in tins um you know out out in europe in 2010 mm-hmm. that's when they they started uh getting more into the premium side purchasing a factory uh in the dominican and launching their brands in europe uh, in 2011 is there one of those brands that's like in europe it's the one that's kind of you know hey this one's really starting to catch on in europe Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I don't, I don't okay. know. 100%. No, that's I know, I know these two, like these two lines were ones that were su- successful. The Montosa does very well for them. They have a rum um, yep. that they they produce as well uh, that they've they've shared in Europe for for tastings and things of that nature. So when when we looked at their portfolio, these two seem to fit, um, you know, the best for, um, you, you know, for for our portfolio to to be able to you know to manage not only the, the retail cost but the flavor profile and um those are the ones that we're we're also doing very well in in europe yeah you know and what, what really appealed there were two things that stood out to me about these lines uh besides i learned the fact that arnold andre was making cigars uh or was one is they were very good price points and two is there was some cool tobaccos in this, like that era Perique blend. I've just, I've really started to smoke that over the last, and that's a very unique blend of like, uh, uh, and normally like era Paraca tobacco, it's not something that has clicked with me, but that one has, uh, it's, it's something different is what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's different. It's, I mean, it's, it's used a, a little bit, but it's just not, I, I mean, I don't think it's talked about as, as much or, or or use it as much as um, you know maybe it should be, but uh, but yeah, I think it, it in that in that blend it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it, it it definitely definitely is as far as that goes. And um, you know, I was kind of again going back to this move that you guys made, and I don't know if you guys were like, were you guys thinking about the value price line? Because it in my mind it turned out to be a brilliant move because what we saw one of the big stories I saw throughout 2022 was not price increases as much as new cigars being offered at very high prices. I know you guys have some of those, right? But it seemed like the value price stuff kind of fell off to the side to a lot this year is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I think, um, well, one, one thing that happened, we looked at, um, so again, going back to when I started, you know, having a portfolio at the time of, um, 2016 was about 13 different lines. So when I was trying to introduce them to, you know, to retailers and, and putting it on social media and, um, you know, 
trying to get through the line by the time i got to the to the end i felt like it, people were almost forgetting about what was at the front and even though i was rotating back through it was just a lot of brands to introduce all at once right so i put the you know i said okay well, I started late in 2016, so it was August 2016. In 2017, I said, oh, the focus will just be our top tier. I'm going to take out of Bay, and I'm just going to focus on, on the top tier. Right. So then when I did that, in the market, there weren't, yeah, there weren't a lot of, you know, I don't even want to call them luxury, but higher, higher priced cigars. And when I walked into the retailers, there were, you know, the, the pushback really was well one we don't know this brand two it's a very high price point um and there are only two really two other lines maybe three other lines that are in that price point and and you're not going to be able to compete with them you can't you you can't be them why would we change why would we add right um blah 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 so at the time it was a very small amount but as that line started to grow the out of line started to to catch a little bit then we started to see in the portfolio that we were just a little bit top heavy because that's the Atabay was the one that really started to take off. That's what people wanted. Right. They started, and really it was, again, I want to give credit to Nelson Alfonso um, because yes, I was on the road introducing it, you know, trying to get it on social media, but it was really just once you, for me, once you put that cigar into someone's hands, I, I think it, it's just, it's different. Yeah. And the experience is different. And that's what, that's what it was for me. Um, you know, again, I think I mentioned it before, but it was a long time ago when I came from Las Vegas, I was in the, I was in the industry from 98 until 2011. And we sold in, in the casinos, we sold on cigarette hostess trays. We sold the Macanudo Portofino for $20, which is incredibly offensive, but it was a fantastic, you know, profit margin for us, but you had a captured audience in Las Vegas and at the time, the $10, $12 cigar was a, an expensive cigar. So when I came to United Cigars and, and we looked at the portfolio and now I'm introduced to a cigar that's at $30, I was even, you know, set back from it. And I said, well, $30, that's expensive. Never heard of the brand. Let me try it. And I smoked the Brujos. That was the first one. I that was the one I smoked first, too. And, and it, was, it was a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, and then I started to learn about Nelson Alfonso and the process. And it was nothing that I had really ever heard of or experienced, seen um, or, or tried before. So I wanted to be a part of it. So so going back to, you know, why, you know, did we do the, you know, adding these, you know, price conscious um, cigars into our portfolio? Was it a mistake or was it, you know, by accident? When we looked at it and Atabay started to take off, we you know, really looking at it, I was like, well, we're, we're kind of top heavy. Um, it's a lot of ad bay. And then, you know, Byron and Bandolero, it's, it's these expensive cigars that are at the top. We have to, you know, look at, at what we have in the portfolio. And we just started playing around with, you know, some other, not only blends, but then, you know, introducing, you know, Arnold Andre coming out. And that's why it was, it was the right fit, you know, bringing a $6 price point. Yeah. Um, Cause we had, like I said, we have, Cigars in the Desperado line, you know, at a dollar fifty all the way up to you know the buyer in eighteen fifty. Right. So it was a little, you know, a little, little planned where we wanted to have you know just a, a nice range, so it's a kind of one stop shop for for someone. Um, because if you, you know, if you're looking at the portfolio and you sit down and you say and you smoke the United line and you're like, ah, it's really not for me. I don't, I don't care for it. Yep. Okay, well let's let's try something else. How about the Abuelo? Completely different cigar. Right around the same uh, price point, nine eight 
eight, nine, ten dollar price point, but a completely different cigar. So that that fits. So there's something in the portfolio for everybody. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of, of finding it. So there was, you know, it, it kind of worked out, um, you know, for us. But it was it was uh, you know a little plan where we wanted to make sure that the, the portfolio you could spread, um, you know, thin or thick um, for for anybody. Yeah, no, you, you were talking about the United Cigar. I got it here. Um, I mean, little things that you guys did. I think one key thing you did is you, you tweaked the band a bit with this. It needed a little tweak. I think you put yeah. a little bit of that metallic, and it it really made the cigar. But same cigar that it was before, but it really made it pop. And I think people haven't, you know, maybe see this versus the old band. That you you know, it almost is a big difference. It looks like, but yeah. it's the same. But the cigar was exactly the same, and I thought it was a great value point. This 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 United for sure. Yeah, well, we, I mean, you see it, you see it in the industry. I mean, we, you know, over, I mean, over hundreds of years, right? Yeah. Uh, all the lithographs and the, the cigar artwork, um, that's what we gravitate towards yeah. first. So, um, again, coming in in 2016, looking at the, at the brands, looking at the packaging, um, I just felt things needed a, a little bit of a, of an update. Yeah. That's not, that wasn't an easy thing, you know, to say to, to a man that's been one in the industry for, uh, now 35 yeah. plus years, uh, one brand like the, the La Giana that, um, you know, he had started for, for his daughter over 25 years ago um, to say, Hey, we need to, we need to change this up. Um, but he was, uh, you know, he was very open. He kind of, you know, gave me the keys and said, you know, run with it. And, um, you know, trusted me on a lot of things, obviously they'll still getting the, the, the final word. I mean, he's, you know, he's paying the, paying the right. bills, but right. uh but overall, yeah, the, the change, I, I still have, you know, I still have the sketchbook uh, when I was down in the Dominican changing up the, the, the United, you know, the United packaging. And, and then that turned into changing the, the firecracker um, packaging, the La Giana. Uh, so the brands that had, had been around for, for a little bit, La Giana is still the, still the oldest, yeah. but um, you know, changing things up just to give it a fresher look, a little more approachable. Um, and then, and then we just hope that the, you know, the product stands behind it after that. Yeah. And if you were smoking the old, the old one, right. I don't have an old one here, but and there was nothing wrong with it. Right. It was still nice. Right. right. I feel now if I get this one, like it's not going to, what it didn't put into my head is, well, this must be different. You know, they, it, it feels like it's the same cigar. Cause if you smoked that cigar in the past, um, you know, it's a very good cigar and, you don't feel like anything changed with it, you know, except, well, it looks a lot nicer now, you know, so with, with just that band change. So, yeah, it was, just, I mean, really we kept the, obviously kept the, kept the look, um, but we wanted to make it a little more uh, patriotic, a little right. more Americana and, you know, keep the, keep the look uh, because that United shield has been around since the, the company started. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that heritage that we were just talking yeah. about earlier on for sure. Um, but you've now, like when you came into the company, you were brought in as a director of sales, but you're, you've taken on a lot more now. Uh, it, you know, it's clear you've taken on a lot more. Yeah. I was never, I was never, I was never a sales guy. Um, and, and I'm still not, I'm still not a sales guy. Like I'm, I, I, I kid around. I say I'm the worst, worst salesman because I'm, I'm such a, I'm a soft sale. I'm, I would <laughs> rather <same> way. <laughs> build. Yeah. I'd rather just build a relationship. And if it works for both parties and then, then great, that's what we want to do. Um, so there's no, you know, there's no hard sell. If I'm, if I'm sitting down with them, obviously look at sales, you're going to ask for the sale. Um, you want to give the, the retailer a reason why this is a product to put on their shelves 
not necessarily as opposed to something else, but they have shelf space, they're looking for something, what's going, why is this product going to benefit them? So you're still going through sales, but it's, for me, it's more, more about relationships and, and building that, that partnership between the, the two. So both sides are, are making money, like I said, but, um, you know, I've always been more on the creative side. You know, I, I graduated from uh, Boston College here with a marketing degree and I got into advertising. And when I moved out to Las Vegas in 97, um, first of all, it was, in, it was just so much cheaper than Boston was that, um, you know, me and two buddies that moved out, we rented a house for nine, $900, a three bedroom house where I was coming from the North End uh, paying $1,200 for, for a studio. Yeah. So going out there, um, you know, we were a little, there was a little more freedom. So I just did, I was doing computer graphics and, um, you know, I had a radio station that I was, I was doing their, their flyers and, uh, business cards. And then I picked up, uh, it was star. Was it no Carl's jr. Or star something in Vegas, some fast food place. I started doing their tray liners. And so I was just keeping myself busy, but, and then as a cigar smoker and lover, I wanted, I really just wanted a discount on cigars so i started working for uh, uh fry boy tobacco out in uh in las vegas and that turned into 14 years with them and uh i was more you know it was marketing with them and first i was in the stores and then they you know i started uh running one of the their uh locations at uh, at caesar's the coliseum cigars but that was way before the casa de monte cristo and monte cristo lounge or casa de uh, uh casa fuente and then casa de monte cristo they have now but, um, you know, then, then went into the office, I was doing the web design and marketing, and then it got into manufacturing. Uh, we had done our, our line that we were really selling nationally was a, a flavored line called Sweet Daddies. Uh, that started in 2004. But uh, we had a couple other other lines and you know, the manufacturing side, we had such a, it was a pr- pretty extensive operation there where the manufacturing side was feeding our our cigarette yeah it must have been like 12 cigarette hostess programs our wholesale program our retail so you know we were working with some you know some good manufacturers um you know on that we had a las vegas uh las vegas cigar that it was a a tube but it just had uh, a whole uh collage of the las vegas strip right on the tube so it was a nice souvenir but it was also a nice cigar made by um lito and la florida minicana Oh, wow. So, you know, so we had some, you know, we had some good, you know, good product out there and, and that's what really got, uh, you know, got my experience on the, on the manufacturing side and packaging and everything. But, um, you know, with United, that's, I think that never left me. So when I, I came on for sales and that's what it was, you know, that's what I was brought on to do. I just felt like there was something, something missing with the company. So yeah, I took on, uh, the production and that's that's what brings me to mostly the dominican about three four times a year um you know the packaging uh, the marketing so really all all aspects of the of the business yeah you know and all but the reason why i maybe phrase frame the question like that is you know when i when you came on board suddenly i started seeing your products in vartan store in arizona you know obviously casa de monte cristo mm-hmm. jeff borsha which in orlando so i'm like you opened some very big accounts for this brand. I mean, there's no question. Like these are top retailers in the country that that these these products are staples in these retailers. I, I mean, I've I've talking to Jeff a lot. I know he's very behind this brand. Yeah, so, he's behind the brand. He, he does really. You know what? You know what got uh, what got Jeff was 
Well, first, first uh, starting out with, um, with, with Adebay and Byron, uh, Angel over there and the staff, you know, mm-hmm. really, I mean, they fell in love with, with Adebay, Angel who runs his operation. I mean, he's got, got a tattoo of, of Adebay, not because of the cigar, but, uh, you know, being uh, Puerto Rican and the Italian heritage, yep. his, you know, his logo. So he fell in love. Nelson in 2016 came out with all the accessories, the, the blue cobalt ashtray that they had, the canoe ashtray, some of the accessories. So that's what got him started. But Jeff, you know, getting on board with La Gianna and Firecracker, he fell in love with his ashtray and, and he wanted, he wanted it. So he was like, I want to buy it. And we're like, well, we don't sell it. It's, you know, it's for our retailers to, to promote the lines and help, help the retailers make the sale for the box. So, you know, that turned into bringing on La Gianna and, um, you know, he, he liked the cigars as, as well, but, um, but uh, that, you know, that's now been maybe three years with, uh, you know, the United portfolio and, and more. Yeah. I can see Jeff. I know likes milder cigars too. And it's, you know, they're very flavorful. So it's, it's totally up his alley. Um, and he has a lot of clientele that can buy these types of cigars too. So well, he has a lot of confidence level in that. Those, those humanoids are, are just massive. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, you walk in there and you don't even know where to, where to start. And you're lucky to, you're lucky to get out with, uh, you know, with everything intact. It's like, yeah. you know, the aisles of cigars he has. <laughs> and Aaron and I have been up in the office too, and he's got all these like mm-hmm. humidors and desktop humidors all over the place up there. And yeah, just some really high end ones up there too. Yeah. yeah. No, he's uh yeah, he's a, he's a workhorse. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, genius when it comes to, to marketing and promotion yeah. as well. Well, FSG, FSG Nelson Alfonso collaboration. <laughs> just Hopefully su- he's listening. listening. Just <laughs> suggesting <laughs> it. Just suggesting it. <laughs> see what see what I can poke there with it. <laughs> yeah, if he if he can if he can wait that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, making the cigars and then letting them letting them so, sit. So let's talk a little about about firecracker because the, I'll tell a funny story here. I was on another show. And I don't know, we got on the topic of firecracker, right? And I was trying to guess what the next firecracker was going to be. And I think I actually stepped into a couple of them, right? <laughs> which was pure luck. I had no information on it, right? No. Uh, and Oliver calls me up. He's like, what did you oh, hear? Yeah. He, yeah. I said, no, he's a total guesses. It made, they made sense. Uh, and and yeah. I'll say, I guess I could say what they were, right? It, one was the yeah. big poppy and the other one yeah. was the bandolero. The, and there was yeah. a third one I had too, but... But I it wasn't a bad letter. I actually said Byron. I actually said Byron with it. But I'm like, ah, you know, I was. Did getting... you? I thought you said no. I think you said Bandolero. Maybe I did say Bandolero after because Byron. You, you nailed it. Yeah. No. You. Yeah. You nailed okay. it. And I was like, what? You know. <laughs> what? You know. What? What bug do you have in the office? No. Or... No. It was, <laughs> you, trust yeah, me, I had it. no info on that. Yeah. But I. I just here's well, what well, I did. It was it. funny yeah. because you did say that if they did the Bandolero, they would like. You didn't say jump the shark. You might have. But you would have been like, it's a little too soon for Bandolero because Bandolero was still, which uh, yes, agreed. I did say because typically, right because we we try to hold, um, you know that that once a year production, uh, you know the June release for the Fourth of July, um, you know with let's say a more established brand, but one right. that makes sense, and yeah, so the Bandolero maybe jumping a little bit, but um, but it was uh, yeah, I mean that turned out to be a an absolute firecracker. Yeah, I mean the, the big poppy. Here's how I came to the conclusion with that. Uh, Boston. Yeah. Uh, I know Dave's been high on the Artista guys. And, and yeah. so. How can you not be? Right. Right. And so I kind of put two and two together and I'm like, this makes sense. Right. 
And then again, I just kind of like what I threw out there with the FSG thing. And that was just something I threw out there. I have no knowledge of that. Just, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, I just said, well, it would make some sense that could, if anyone can kind of, and it would be a challenge. I mean, I would think for Nelson, right? After we, especially after talking to Nelson now a couple of times now, I could see him like, yeah, I'll take this challenge on and this is how I'll do it. Yeah. Wait for the press release tomorrow. <laughs> no, yeah, and um, I mean, how great! Uh, I mean, we can get back to Firecard, but I'm I'm glad you got some time with Nelson because he is he's elusive. Yeah, he's uh, you know, hard to hard to get to, but uh, but just an amazing. I, I love sitting down with him because I'm always learning something new with him. Um, yeah. But he's so he's so humble and has just so much information. Yeah. I mean, I, you were kind enough to bring him on with Aaron and I before the PCA. I got to meet him at the PCA, spend some time with him and his and his sons. Um, and this guy's I, I see what Dave saw in this guy 10 years ago. Like, yeah. And and I remember he was at the show 10 years ago and I'm a new guy. And yeah, who's this guy? I didn't go to the booth. Right. My right. mistake. Like Dave went to the booth and he, he uncovered this thing um, with this, that Adaban. I remember that's how I first heard of the brand through Dave's show. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that um, you know he hasn't he hasn't been around that long. He's been in in cigars and tobacco for for a long time, and then obviously his family was in it um, you know prior to that. But um, but just just still so so far behind the behind the scenes. He's uh, he you know he just doesn't want to be the you know turn not turn into a rock star or be a rock star. He, you know he said he wants the focus to be on the on the cigar, but uh, and he's got he's got a lot of other things that he's been. Yeah, you know, it's really been the drive to help uh, fuel selected tobacco. Yeah. Um, so you know, so he's been uh, behind the scenes, but uh, but yeah, doing doing a lot, and uh, and hopefully we can get him, you know, get him out here soon. Get him onto the get him on the prime time. Yeah, he's got a, he's got an invite, so uh, so just let us know for sure with that uh, as far as that goes. Yeah. So I mean, the firecracker, I just think it's become. I mean, what you've done with it. Uh, under United, I mean, it used to be a Dave store cigar, but now it's something that's available to your preferred retailers, right? It will bring on the if they bring in the original firecracker, they can get out access to this product. So yeah, to the LEs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the so United the United firecracker is our, our regular production, and uh, as a firecracker retailer, then you have access to the limited releases, and it's right. not only the one limited release that we do um, typically for the Fourth of July with the. I don't even want to say the larger manufacturer, but like that's the that's the one that you know really sets it off. Right. Um, but we do like working with El Artista for the the big poppy. That was for that was for opening day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year, that was this year. Yeah, and it helped that opening day got the later yeah. week, right? Because yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helped out helped out a lot. Yeah, um, no, that, it probably did. I mean, I'm, I'm being truthful because you know how things are sometimes with with the way things yeah. are going now. Yeah. Oh no! And on top of it, we were trying to record because on in every box is a little QR code, right? So people would scan that and they get a personal uh, or a video from David Ortiz. So trying to get David Ortiz to record a video uh, for the boxes, then there were uh, ten signed boxes. So then that was a different QR code. So it was a whole another video that that he created. Um, so yeah, and then and then during a time that uh, that was a little bit of a challenge for everybody for for packaging and and production. So yeah, you know, came out uh, came out at a great time, and it was a great launch uh, and, and success for us. 
You're muted, Coop. I was just shutting the garage door here. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about one other product, and then we can kind of – I want to dive more into uh, the selected side. Red Anchor. So Red Anchor mm-hmm. is – now, this is something that you – this is a more premium brand on the United, on the United side. Um, and I think a lot of people may know that story, um, which is it's the oldest brand in America, right? It was the oldest brand in this ever. It's the oldest brand out there in the in the states. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I hate to say in, in the world, but from what we see, it's a, it's the first brand that uh, that had had a band on it, and uh, it was it was seventeen seventy two in Holland. Uh, the Red Anchor came out, and um, and you know, we we picked it picked it up a few years ago, and we're trying to figure out how to reintroduce it to the market. And and fortunately, originally. You know, we spoke with uh, obviously it was the Kellner family, uh, but spoke with with Hanky, um, with the family being from Holland. It was it was just the right it was the right yep. fit. Yep. Um, timing wise and everything that was going on uh, couldn't happen, but uh, fortunately we were able to then uh, sit down with with Hendrick and Junior and um, and work on a, on a blend with him. Um, we then met um, you know then then Hanky you know, came around and, uh, we were able to, to finalize everything and working out of the KBF, uh, Kellner boutique factory, working out of KBF. And, um, it, it was, it was just the timing and the blend and the passion behind it, everything, everything worked out, uh, that we were able to launch it for the 250th anniversary this year. And, um, you know, it's, it's a brand that we, it is, it is for United and it's, you know, it's by United, but, it's a it's a partnership with uh, with the Kellner family, and um, you know they want to use the you want wanted to use the you know his best tobacco and uh, make sure it was a blend that that he loved. And, and we had Hanky at the booth, um, you know, a couple times every day. Uh, you know, he was bringing people over, and he was grabbing a lot of our samples that uh, we didn't have much of, but uh, <laughs> he was grabbing grabbing the cigars and and smoking them. So it's a, it's a blend that they they absolutely love. Um, it's a blend that that I think is is um beyond my expectations um but it uh it's it's yeah it's a fantastic cigar so we're we're looking forward to uh to 2023 because uh we'll be adding adding a couple sizes um you know for the red anchor so yeah so that's one thing so the red anchor comes out the same time as as some of the other premium selected tobacco stuff um and i was gonna ask the question why come out with it the same year and i, I think you answered it it was because of the 250 anniversary right yeah so, that so we did it. yeah yeah this year this year was only 250 boxes mm-hmm. it was the one one size six by 52 the admiral mm-hmm. um and and coming out you know so that's where it can get a little you know a little murky right where as a united cigars we're coming out with with our our cigars but then we're right. also then we're we're kind of launching and introducing cigars for a few of the companies that we're distributing for uh, the Montosa we launched at the TPE right. uh, this year, but you know, really the you know, then the big introduction at the at the BCA show. Then Nelson was selected tobacco. He's got his his product that that uh, products that he's introducing. Um, and this year we you know he had he had a lot uh, to introduce because we hadn't been at the show for two years. So um, yeah, this year we had the the Alfonso that we we launched and that was only 200 boxes of, of the six different, uh, six different sizes Then the Byron 1850. And, 
the the Alfonso Grant selection is scheduled, even though it was it was showcased and, and displayed at the show, showcased to uh, uh, launch this year at the or this coming year at the at the PCA. Plus, he did an, an amazing uh, <laughs> the the Byron and Peak poem, a humidor. Yeah, uh, that was a thirty count humidor. Uh, that the first you know two hundred that we we had uh, for this year, um, those sold out, and then we have another three hundred for for next year. There were only five hundred that uh, that were being produced, and he did a sixty count Atabay humidor. That uh, so he was he was busy. He was very busy. He he definitely was busy um, for sure. It was. I got a poll picture up just if, if people haven't seen that that uh, that Byron humidor. Let me see if I can bring that up. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's it, when you see that in person uh, at the show, uh, it was it was amazing. It was yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, I mean, incredibly smart with it too. So you have the the wood straps that that go go across that hold the cigars in place with two magnets there. But even when you pull that strap off, the cigars won't fall forward because on the very bottom there's a little wedge of wood that. <laughs> tilts the cigars back oh geez he thinks of everything this guy yeah he really does uh, that's a good point I, you know yeah. yeah you have the hygrometer and the and the thermometer and then that that byron gold plaque that's where the uh, uh the, the humidification yeah. unit goes has, has adabay and byron gotten away from the jars entirely now or are they still making the jars no yeah gotten i would say i want to say gotten away from it completely but the the cigars are only available currently in boxes. Okay. I, I do love those jars. I do love those jars. Yeah. That's what... yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny with the jars because when I, so when I started a lot of the pushback, I mean, they were, I think the easiest thing for, for anybody when someone's trying to, you know, sell you something is to, is to, you know, push back or say no, because you're not ready to spend money and you don't want to jump into something. But the, the jars, as beautiful as I thought they were, the pushback was, well, they're in a jar. They're hard to display. I can't sell them. Um, you know, customers don't like jars. They don't like to reach in. They like to see the cigar. Blah, 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 blah. Then when we went away from the jars, it turned into, hey, well, like- <laughs> why'd you get rid of the jars? I love the jars. The jars are beautiful. I completely understand. So I think the jars really help help launch and, and make, make the brand um, known in a way. Um, because the jars were so beautiful, but you know, in the end, um, you know, consumers here in the U.S., we, you know, we just want the boxes. We want to grab it. Uh, Nelson was just because of his his design work and what he created for you know a lot of the international brands. Um, when they were produced in jars, they were sold out right away. A thousand thousand jars gone. So introducing a brand to the U.S. in a jar. An unknown at that price point, they're just not going to fly off the off the shelf because it's not, you know, it's not a a brand with you know rich deep history, um, and it's not a cigar that everybody knew. So they weren't just going to pick up a you know thousand dollar jar and and walk out the door. So uh, I think it helped because it, it was like I said, beautiful. Um, you know, so a show please uh, collector's item. Um, you know, I, I see it in in stores. Still, uh, empty jars in, in people's homes. I, I get, uh, I get I pictures mine on my Instagram office. all the time. Yeah, yep. you, you were yeah. kind enough to, like I said, I like that jar. And you sent me a jar of that, and it was really nice. And I have it up in my office upstairs. 
uh, and I still use, I still put cigars in there, by the way. I just put Volvitar in there and it works, works yeah, great. Yeah, it works great. Yeah, it works great. It works great. Yeah, um, I just jettisoned a bunch, like a bunch of like cigar swag that I just kind of had in boxes and I came across that one and, and I I kept that one. I I probably got rid of like 95% of my stuff, but the jar I kept. So yeah. it just, <laughs> it's too nice you. to, it's too nice to get rid of. But so. by the way, there's an there's an article coming out on Coop. Um, I'm gonna give this away. My wife is writing her first article for Coop, and my wife is on the Coop team. She does all the proofreading, Good. and she has she has done a reorganization of the cigar storage area, <laughs> right? <laughs> so she's been talking a lot about about it was actually she actually came through with the idea. People, I said, go ahead and write it. Yeah. So yeah. I said, just don't tell them how disorganized it was, right? But <laughs> she made it really. <laughs> So yeah, we just and we got rid of a lot of stuff, but those jars, I could guarantee yeah. that they're, they're on my they're in my office upstairs. So uh, yeah. like and uh-huh. I, like, like people haven't seen the upstairs office because it's messy. The downstairs office is what everyone sees is the library. That's like a like everyone uses that office, but the upstairs one's different. So that's are, a, are we crazy as as cigar smokers? Like I'm, I'm you know just as 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 general like a, a group, how much we hoard. Just for simple packaging and like, oh, I can use this for something else. I can use that yeah. you know, yeah. store. And I mean, and then and then you do a purge. Like, you're yeah. like what am I doing? All right, I got to get rid of this stuff. But yeah. it, all you're doing is freeing up space for the next <laughs> next yeah. collection. Exactly. Well, well, you know, one of the guys, Mitchell's uh, Mitchell Santaga, he's a friend of the show, and he's he's entered some contests. He lives in Canada, right? And he won one of the cigar coop contests, right? Except th- they don't ship to Canada, right? So. I basically said, Mitchell, I got you covered. <laughs> so I just went and pulled some stuff I had and I sent it to him that way. So uh, so he could get that. So, um, you know, uh, the other thing I was going to say, you put about the jars, Oliver, because I've now been to a few other countries, retail stores, and um, the two that come to mind are Costa Rica and Mexico. Um, the humidors that we have in the U.S. were spoiled, is what I'll just say, Walk like walk-in humidors. It's not that yeah. they're not walk-in humidors, but they're a lot smaller. Not, I mean, you don't have like a Jeff Borchewitz type of store, you know. Right. So I can see where it works for those smaller humidors. It makes it works. And a lot of it is uh, – England's another example. It's like you go in there walk-in humidor, but it's concierge service like a J.J. Fox, right? Yes. You're not right. picking stuff up. You know, they can kind of go into uh, and pick something out of that. So – it's just different. We have a different model here in the U.S., so I, I could see why it worked there, and uh, obviously why you guys had to make the changes too. Yeah, yeah. It just it just made you know it made sense um, for both for both sides. Yeah, um, right. It made sense for us, and it made sense for the for the retailer. Yeah, um, yeah. London, I think they bring they bring the cigars out on a on a little tray. Yep, yep. And, That's what they did. Um, yep. Yeah, three That's- cigars and so about two hundred bucks now. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got to show a picture of this too. This is the Atabe humidor. This is the full. Oh. This thing was like when I saw this thing. It, every, so it's every Atabe size in a humidor. I mean, and and these mm-hmm. these haven't shipped yet, right? You guys took orders no. on these. No, no, no. Uh, so we didn't we didn't take orders. Uh, we were still because this this was this was a prototype. Uh, really? Yeah, it's on prototype. Were, yeah. Um, it uh, it had it had not been finished, not completed. Uh, it is five of, of each size of the Atabe, um portfolio. So you're you're looking at a humidor that holds sixty cigars. Um, this was one of one of two uh, that had been made and, and brought out to the show. Uh, we were at the time still trying to figure out how how we could present this to the retailer without really adding cost 
to them, like an, an right. added, you know, I don't want to call it a burden, but to say, hey, you have to, you know, buy the humidor and, or you have to buy, you know, X amount. So we're, we're still trying to figure things out. And uh, so we didn't take, uh, take any pre-orders and uh, it will be, it will be displayed and launched at the, uh, at the BCA in 2024. Oh, wow. But, but the Byron one, you weren't taking the orders yeah. for, right? The, yeah. The Byron one, there were, like I said, there were 500 units made. Only 200 were in the U.S. Uh, this year, and and those, yeah, those we we sold through. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's beautiful there, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but I think the obviously the big story too at Selected Tobacco is uh, there was one new brand introduced, and there were several other new brands that are coming. Uh, so if mm-hmm. you're if you're you know if you've been smoking the the Selected Tobacco stuff for like the past ten years. Uh, yeah, I'm smoking. I'm smoking the Alfonso right now. This is this is the big boy. This is the number five. This is the seven and a half by fifty eight. By fifty eight. By the way, it's great. By the way, and I love big ring gauges too. I think Nelson. By the way, I think Nelson really nails it with big ring gauges. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah. So so it's very it's very different, right? Yeah. It's a very different cigar when you smoke. Totally like different. The, yeah. In the Atabay, when you smoke the, you know, usually you go to a smaller. You know, maybe a smaller ring gauge or a smaller smaller cigar only to to get a, an introduction to the cigar or you want something that's not going to be as you know in your face but yeah. it's like the 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 smaller ring gauge has a little more kick that spiritus that lancero that he makes mm-hmm. is is different from the rest of the, the line but one of my one of my favorites and as you go through the the different uh you know the 12 different sizes that he has you have almost a different experience between between all of them, yeah. but you know, to your point, what Atabay was known for is that uh, you know very creamy, smooth, and light on the palate. But it's a medium-bodied cigar. There's yep. there's just a ton of complexity, and those yep. those bigger ring gauges have a tendency to have a little more sweetness and um, you know, like these cherry notes that that I get, but a lot more cedar and uh, softer notes. But uh, but yeah, you know, you're you're right. I, I think he does do tremendous uh job with the bigger ring gauges it it was funny because i was talking to dave when we was up there and we were driving over to the nashua store from salem and i you know he and i know dave is not a lancero fan and he actually was not as big a fan of that that spiritus as the other stuff yeah he he was telling me yeah i was a little surprised i mean i know he's not a lancero guy i was still surprised because i'm like again i i think that's a very flavorful cigar i think the brujos is still the best size i I, i'll stand by that yeah brujos uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the the delirios as well. The, but the spiritus, uh, the the lancero in that in uh, in the Atabay line, yeah, he's not he's not a fan of uh, of lanceros uh, no. just from a retail standpoint. I think <laughs> most retailers, right, um, they shy away from lanceros. And and you know the joke is always you have customers asking for the the lanceros, then you bring in the lancero, and then it doesn't <laughs> doesn't move. They take one out of the out of the box, but. I remember I was driving through, I was driving through Texas and, you know, I was, I was smoking one of the, you know, smoking one of the Atabays and I had called Nelson up and, and I asked him if he had ever thought about doing a Lancero in the Atabay line, because I thought, I go, wow, it would be absolutely fantastic right. in, a, in a Lancero. And he's like, oh, I have it. I did, you know, I did that. I just, <laughs> you know, we didn't think it would work in the, you know, in the U S market. I was like, could you send me a couple? bundles just to just to try them and i smoked through them and i didn't smoke through all of them you know gave them uh gave them out and i it was i was blown away by it uh, yeah. and that's when that's when we introduced that and 
I think that might have been 2018. I think it was right before. It was right before, I think. 18 or 19, yeah. Yeah, because you guys introduced a few other sizes of Atabay, I think, that yeah. year. So I remember Yeah, the that. Savios, Idolos. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, and you know what's interesting about the Atabay? This is what I find is a lot of those sizes are not like big change. <laughs> they're not big changes, yeah. but there's, there's right. subtle changes in... You get enough change in, in those cars with the, with just those subtle size changes. Is what I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, that's a double edged yeah. sword on that one. It's a, you know, I love it, and then it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, because you have the Brujos. That's uh, it's you know five and seven eighths, right by fifty two. Yeah. And then the Sabios is a six and a quarter by fifty two. So just a slight variation in length, and if you are a consumer, you don't you know, look at the sizes and know the portfolio when you hold them side by side, you can see the difference. But if you take one out and then you bring it home and then you smoke it, you're like, Oh yeah, it was this size. And you might mistake it for a Robusto or, um, what, you know, the, the Brujos or the Sabios between the two, you don't know which one, when you go back to the store, but they do, even those two smoke differently. Yeah. You know, yep. just that, I mean, just that little, little piece. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But, uh, Alfonso, um, you know, I, one thing I learned about this cigar and I know from Nelson being on the show, but more at the trade show, you guys were talking a lot. Nelson's a freak about aging, right? He's just, he's really yeah. into this aging and he, and he changed his aging technique with the Alfonso that's different from the other things. Yeah. For the, so, so for the Alfonso and the Byron 1850 yeah. and the Alfonso grand selection coming out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for, for those that maybe don't, you know, don't fully understand you know why so the question is always why is there an elevated price why is it more expensive on bandolero yep. adabe and byron so his his philosophy is the and like a you know a lot of manufacturers we want to make sure that the cigars are are aged and it's uh you know it's it has a um you know time to really have the tobaccos married together yep. but nelson takes it a step further where he'll take the cigars and the fermentation process is you know up to five you know he's fermenting it up to five times then the, the tobacco is aged. And when, once the cigars are rolled in, in Costa Rica, he takes the cigars out, um, goes to bring them to my um, to Spain. Then they're placed into cedar-lined rooms. And he uses, it's not even just the cedar that we're more familiar with, the Spanish cedar. He uses Spanish, Mexican, Brazilian, Lebanese, and Cuban cedar in these rooms. Mm-hmm. From, from ceiling to floor, He'll sand that down about once, twice a year. He'll remove all the cigars. It's sanded down. But then it's the it's the process of bringing humidity down to 40% and then back up to 70. So that's what allows the cigar to really go through that, you know, that final fermentation when he, he calls it's cleaning the cigar. Because when the cigar goes to 40%, gradually down to 40%, it's purging any other impurities. And then when it goes up to 70 75 it's breathing in all the different cedar notes because all those all the humidities going into the cedar and then it's coming out of the cedar and then going into the cigar so i haven't completely figured out how in particular the 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 byron line where you'll have some of these cigars with what you know some people say is a blueberry note like it, it, there's this sweet note of yeah of, of fruit that just comes out of out of, out of nowhere on somebody. So I think there, there are certain, um, you know, tobaccos that just react differently and, and you get these sweet, like fruity notes, but you don't necessarily get it on the, on the draw. It's just on the, on the nose. 
And so he'll go through that process for the Atabay Byron and the Bandolero, but that's for the first, that's the first year. Right. So he wants to make sure that it's completely um, void of, of any, any impurities, any ammonias, anything that could be left in the cigar. So that's the first year, but he doesn't want the, that first year cigar to mix with the other cigars. So after the first year, then those are removed from that, that humidor, they're placed into another humidor. And that's where they'll continue the process. And Bandolero, you have one to two years of age post-roll. Uh, Byron, it's notated on the cigar with a secondary band. That's anywhere from three to five years. Right. And Atabay, it's a minimum of five years yeah. of post-roll age. So then for the Alfonso and the, uh, and the Byron 1850, he wanted to experiment with French oak because he right. started to look at, at these different woods and, and French oak just really stood out for him. And um, he started to age cigars with French oak and the Alfonso and the Byron 1850 were the first ones to go through that, uh, that process. And it, it adds a different, different layer of complexity to the cigars for, for both of them. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that the Alfonso was like a, you know, a step up from, from Atabay, but it would be closer if I had to, you know, pair the, you know, pair the two, I would say Alfonso is, is similar to an Atabay. But a little more strength. There's a little more Nicaraguan uh, Lijero inside of the the Alfonso, and then the Byron 1850. Um, it's the same. It's just a little more. There's just a little more of that sweet wood that that comes out from the uh, from that French oak and that that aging process. Yeah, it's um, it definitely is a kick a kick up uh, for sure. I mean, there's it, Lijero in it, but it's not overpowering with pepper by any means. He's been a little more open about talking about the blends lately, I've noticed. Like, in the past, everything was just undisclosed. But now he seems a little more open about talking about it. Yeah, I think, you know, coming, you know, coming to, to market, he wanted to kind of keep that, you know, under wraps. He didn't, uh, especially because of the process. And um, I think with his experience in, in the industry, a lot of his design work had been taken. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of his influence, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, in in some other other products and and some that are just completely ripped off. Um, the design work that he'll do for you know some of the brands um, that aren't sold in the in the U.S. are the the packaging is just used here in the U.S. So yeah, and that and that's anywhere from ashtrays to jars to, to yeah. packaging. So so he was yeah a little more more under wraps with with everything. Um, I know when when I came on, um, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of everything just being undisclosed undisclosed. Um, and then there was a lot of, you know, just talk about, you know, what it is and what, uh, you know, what it uses. And I was like, yeah, that has to be for me, just, you know, shared more. So I, I know, you know, when I started and we started talking about Ecuadorian rapper, because I was, I was surprised that he uses all Ecuadorian rapper on, on everything, but there are so many different shades and yeah. textures and, um, you know, patterns and, and, um, you know, veins and everything. I, they're all so, so different. And that I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that and to give awareness to, you know, how beautiful these, these wrappers can be. And then when you look at the the blends, we started to share a little bit, you know, a little bit more. And then there was still some, you know, some undisclosed in there, but, um, but now, you know, just to, to have, I think people appreciate the cigar a little bit more, um, you know, and, and, and he was on board just to, to share, to share what, uh, what the cigars are. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, we were talking a little bit in the green room. Um, you guys at Alfonso, you've, and I believe with the 1850 as well, you've kind of come up with a unique packaging model, um, for retailers as far as this goes. 
Yeah. So introducing the, the lines this year at the, at the BCA, um, the, the, the two lines, the Alfonso and the 1850 were extremely, extremely limited. When Atabay first launched, it was, you know, 200 boxes of just a few sizes. And then right. that just, that just grew. So with the Alfonso and the Byron 1850, it was the same case because he's experimenting, right? Making sure that the, you know, how's the cigar going to taste in, in five years? What's, you know, what's it going to be like? So the Byron 1850 and the Alfonso both have five years of post-roll age. Um, there were only 200 boxes that were made. So when we put everything together for retailers, one, we wanted it to be uh, a little selective. Um, like you had to be an established account with United and Atabay and, and Byron first. And then because it was only 200 boxes, then you could have access to the Alfonso and the, and the Byron 1850. The Byron 1850 only has a total currently of six different sizes four of which were available to, to purchase the other two, the Grand Bouquet and the, the Lyricos, uh, which are Perfecto sizes, um, were only available uh, if we did an event. So right. the only two that we were able to get an event with this year were uh, the Atabay Lounge and the uh, Industrial Cigars in Frisco, Texas, and then the Byron Cigar Lounge in, uh, in Schaumburg, Illinois. So those are the only two spots that have those two additional sizes. But it just made sense because there was a limited amount because we thought it would be best to just focus on just a few accounts. We did 25 accounts so that they would be able to, if they didn't purchase them all right there at the, at the show, then we had a little bit extra for, you know, towards the end of the year. So now we've, we've gone through, you know, we've, now we've sold through that. So the first purchase, they were able to come back and, and purchase some more. Then the Alfonso was the same thing. Um, there were six sizes available but they were, they came in two different boxes. So the, the Alfonso came in a, in a beautiful lacquered dress box. And then the, what, what we called it at the time was a secondary box. It's actually, a, it's an aging box. So, and I say aging box because the, the inside is lined with cedar. Right. So Nelson is a fanatic with cedar. He's a fanatic with wood. Uh, the cigars have to continue to, to breathe in all those, all those cedar notes. And um, so that, that, that second box is your aging box. So if, if you plan, you know, like a, a retailer selling a box, we would say if, if the customer is planning to buy, you know, a cigar and they're going to smoke or they're buying a box, if they're going to smoke the box in the next, you know, next month and within the next month, then yeah, that dress box is fine. But if they're planning on, on taking that box and letting it age, then that, that cedar lined aging box is the best way, way to go even though it's not maybe as aesthetically pleasing, but if you're aging a cigar, it's not so much about the, it's a, about the box. It's about the cigar. So the Alfonso was sold as a, both were sold as units, right? That, that first buyer in 1850. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for the, the Alfonso, you've got one, one dress box and one aging box for all six. So it was a total of 12 boxes sold as one unit. Right. Right. That makes, that makes a lot of sense with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and as yeah. as the line expands, um, you know, we'll be able to to kind of open that up, um, so the retailer can kind of pick the you know pick the sizes they they're looking for. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, you, but right now, with two hundred boxes, that was the best way to do it. I know at the show, you guys showed off some other pack. I think there's some two bowl options that are going to be coming with that. It looks like too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there, there will be tubes for the Alfonso. Um, we just did a, a I say a relaunch, but we we just got more of the Atabay tubes. Um, just earlier this this month, 
but it was, uh, it was, it was again, very limited, uh, 50, we had about 50 sleeves. So it was a three pack and there were 10 three packs per sleeve. So we only got 50 of, of each, um, each size. So that went, you know, within, that was a, a couple hours. I know we had, you know, some retailers that weren't, weren't overly happy because it's, you know, even though they placed the order, we just had to go in line and, uh, and they yeah. were, they were gone, you know? Yeah. And we tried to limit it, uh, to, where some of the you know ones with deeper retailers with deeper pockets, they didn't you know take all the inventory. We'd rather you know make sure everyone gets a you know a fair share. But uh, hopefully the the Atta Bay comes more available in the tube. Um, you know the Alfonso. Uh, we had a few tubes that we launched at Ambassador Cigars when when he had his 25th anniversary, mm-hmm. um, and Nelson created uh, a beautiful humidor, 40 count humidor um, for Ambassador Cigars in in Arizona. So we launched the uh, we launched the tubes um, there with um, with with Vartan at Ambassador. Nice, and, and you know this is the reaction I've seen with this cigar has been. I mean, I mean everything is overwhelmingly positive. I, I could smoke it and say I like it, but I mean I've talked to people who've smoked this cigar or carried this cigar, and and look, you guys got to be really happy. Especially this was a big investment to do a project like this. Age five years. I mean, he's, he's got to obviously it's a five-year cycle to get this cigar out or more, maybe right. more even, you know, so you got to, I mean, there's some risk obviously to do that. And obviously it came through for you, for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's risk enough. I've talked to Nelson about like how he started, but it's, it's calculated, right? I mean, after the, after the first year, it's going to be a, it's still going to be a very good, good cigar, yeah. yep. but he wants to make sure like if he has, if he has a plan, he sticks, he sticks to it. And if he doesn't yep. think it's ready, he won't, he won't release it. So, you know, there's, again, the good and the bad. Um, I love that he does that and there is no rush, but then the bad side is that, you know, I want, I want the product so that we can share it and that we can sell it out and retailers can sell it out. But um, there's not always a, a set time. We can't yeah. say, you know, for instance, we have the Byron humidors that will come out, that come out every year. It's a 25 count humidor um, as, as Nelson's way of saying, you know, thank you to the retailer. He creates a humidor uh, for the grand Poema in the 19th century, the Habanero in the 20th century, and the Elegante in the 21st century. Um, that that sold as a set, one of each each humidor. But it's not a set time every year. Even though you know those cigars are uh, five years old on the Grand Poema, five on the Habanero, and four on the Elegante, it's not a set time. Like we don't say, okay, every year in February these are coming out. Because if the cigars aren't ready, then he doesn't he doesn't release them. Uh, we've had some as late as the fall that have come out. Right. Um, but this year we're, it looks like this year, um, you know, from what, uh, what he said, he said they're, they're on pace and we should have them before the spring. Well, that's good. Yeah. And, and, you know, you guys took another unique approach at the, sh- not unique, but a little different. Um, you guys were showing off 2023 products as well. Um, and then, you know, one of the ones, the grand selection you talked about, that was another beautiful dark, a darker expression. I think of Alfonso when I looked at Alfonso. the rapper, Alfonso. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a, a darker Ecuadorian rapper on the on the uh, Grand Selection. Yep, uh, from Alfonso showcased it um, at this year's PCA and should be ready for orders at uh, at the twenty twenty three PCA. Yeah, um, and then another line um, that was shown and this one i thought I, I actually really dug the packaging on this one was 
it's a new brand that's going to be out next year. That's the Nelson cigar uh, that you guys are. And I just, I'm on show. I just love that packaging. Uh, to, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's going to be, it might not be uh, ready for, for this year's PCA. It might be extended uh, out to 2024. Right. But that, that is, I, I guess, like a little elevation uh another along the along the lines of like a bandolero mm-hmm. right not a not i don't want to say it's a, a less expensive version but it's it's a different price point you guys have of that yeah. uh yeah and, and, yeah and bandolero in my opinion is very underrated cigar uh i've actually you know that firecracker is tremendous by the way on that too thank you yeah yeah I, yeah i think you did a tremendous job on the on the firecracker that was a, a blend of the Siri a and the series c um that just uh smoked beautifully um we were very happy when that that came out um but um but yeah this this nelson uh should should be 2024 but who knows he's he's full of surprises we right. see it uh, <laughs> we right. see it in 2023 but again folks know like if they're you know they're making a commitment to united and select the tobacco you guys have a very healthy pipeline of products over the next few years yeah yeah he's like nelson because he has these plans uh, and he's, he started the cigar. So he, he, and then he starts to think of the concept of the, of the packaging and, and how it's going to look. So he's able to, to do it so far in advance. Um, and, and, you know, we, we like that. Um, you know, again, there was, you know, there, there's always frustration like, well, I want to buy that. I want to get that. Why can't I get it? Well, it's just not ready yet. Yeah. It's, it's something that's, that's coming out where we're working on, and, um, you know, again, because of the aging, it's just not, uh, it's not something that's, that's going to be ready this year. And it, yeah. You know, what's great is we got, um, you know, we have the Byron 1850 that we're launching, you know, that we launched this year with the Alfonso and, and those price points going up to, you know, seven from on the, on the Byron 1850 or on the $40 price point up to 75. And then, you know, for our United side, touching back on, you know, you, you were talking about price conscious um, cigars. We, yeah. we launched the Mezla, the La Cubana. Nice cigar. $6. Yeah. $6 cigar in a, in a Rothschild size box of 50. That was a fantastic uh, and is a fantastic cigar, and it was well received at the show. So, yeah, we got a little bit, a uh, little bit of everything. I know in past years, um, the United portfolio was inside of you know this beautiful luxury museum esque uh, booth. So for some, it was a little uh, you know unapproachable. Yeah, right. Because yeah, there are yeah. so many different yeah different different retailers. Um, you know, maybe they either choose not to carry high-end luxury lines. They, they think they don't have that, that customer base. So they only want the, you know, more approachable cigars. And so this year was, uh, was kind of that first year that we separated to plus the United portfolio had grown, um, you know, quite a bit with cigars that we manufacture and that we distribute. So it was, it was just time to still be together, but, uh, but just separate, uh, separate booths. You know, I've heard a lot <laughs> of talk about, like this term has come up with the last couple of trade shows, economy of scale with booze, you know? Um, and I thought what you guys did with the selected tobacco booths this year and, and the old selected tobacco booth was really nice too. But I think these, pro- this is why sometimes I think these booths, you want a booth like that to show these products off everything. I mean, even all of our little details, when we were taking photos and video, the lighting was perfect in these things. It, it really, it really just, uh, I think one of the guys on the team called it like 
a Mercedes showroom or something like that. And it was just, it was, and I know my dad sold, sold Lexus and he was very particular about showroom floor and stuff like that. It, you know, everything was really perfect. Like it wasn't hard to take pictures. I could tell you that even though everything was in glass <laughs> cabinets, I can right. tell you we've had some real struggles <laughs> with that. So, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, well, we had, we had, thank you. Thank you for that. Cause yeah. we were, uh, yeah, I was, I was helping him. He had, he had a team putting it together, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of hard work putting that thing together. I, I remember you t- <laughs> like you guys were up late the night before. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah his but- team, his team that he brought in, um, you know, from from Spain. I mean, they were they worked all all through the night. Yeah, yeah, but it, 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 but I was the first guy at your booth, and it paid off. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. So everything was like perfect <laughs> when we got there. You were tired, but it was a uh, yeah. Was, uh, so I mean, you guys got. Like I said I think you guys had a great year this year, um, and. Uh, you know, thank you. Thank tremendous. Aaron, do you have any other questions on some of the products? No, I mean, you're pretty thorough on this one tonight. Okay. So, Oliver, here's what we got. We got a couple of fun segments, and then we have a couple of industry things. I'm going to hit you with some little harder questions in the industry stuff, just so you're aware of that. All so right, you, sweet. You, you can't. So, <laughs> so um, but they're, I think they're, they're important. I think they're things that United has been in the center of a bit. So I want to kind of give you a chance to talk about that as well. But let's first go to uh, the cattle baron steak question of the night. Um, and Oliver, here's my question um, to you. And it's unique. I'm asking this. I want to know your taco guy. The yes, best sir. type of taco meat in a steak. Well, not exactly say steak, a taco. A taco. <laughs> oh, okay. It doesn't Wait, have to necessarily talking? be a steak. It doesn't necessarily be a steak. Yeah. Yeah, you just blew my mind. Are you talking yeah. about topping a steak with meat? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> By the way, I, I have uh, more tacos in Mexico than I ever want to have. Just you know. So, so did you venture out on different meats? Because uh, yes, so I, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Good. God bless you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Usually in restaurants, you'll see the typical. You know, you'll see chicken. You'll see the. You know, even ground beef. Yep. Stay away from that carne asada. Um, I agree. I'm not. I'm not. The, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So the like, if I get a good uh, taco truck or an authentic, uh, you know, spot the the buche, which is you know really fatty, and um, I really like that. Um, uh, if you get, uh, I mean, a good uh, chicharron, like that's boiled and it's just like gelatinous. And the oh. first time I tried it. I was, I was actually, the first time I tried it was, uh, you guys have been to Stogie's in, in Houston. There's a taco truck just walkable distance, but called El Gato. And I was there with Victor from um, um, Chogui. And we, we both ordered, we both ordered the chicharron and thinking like it's going to you know be something, mm-hmm. you know, a little crunchy. And no, this was like gelatinous. You know, the, the chicharron is, is very tough. It's not like the you know the pork skin and the and the meat this is like straight skin that's boiled and then seasoned and when you put it inside a taco it's just straight like i mean you have to be ready for the texture yeah, but, uh, yeah. But that's it's, it's pretty it's pretty when it's done right it's pretty pretty good but uh i'm i'd say i'm i'm uh i'm a i'm a carnitas fan mm-hmm. um you know if they if they if it's done right and it's not too salty and then if they if they either put it back on the on the griddle top and it gets that little crisp yep. you know, dried out and they throw that in there then yeah all, all day all day yeah you, you'll have no trouble with a lot of mexican uh street taco uh vendors in mexico city yeah. um i went for breakfast that's how i ate breakfast because i'm not an egg guy 
So it yeah, was, which it was I, very, I still don't understand. Uh, it, the, the only taco I didn't eat is when there was one, one event where they, they did have a, a breakfast taco. And I said, no, no, I just told them. <laughs> I said, can you bring me, can you bring me like carne, carne asada? And they did. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love, I love a good breakfast taco, breakfast, uh, breakfast burrito. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's some good tacos. They have, uh, you know, even just a, they make potato, like a spicy potato. Mm-hmm. uh taco that's it's phenomenal i had potatoes it's all about the, the seasoning yeah. yeah yeah no it's was, it was definitely um definitely worth hitting these different street street trucks and, and wherever you go because they're all they're all doing a little different i yeah. probably should pay a yeah, little closer attention after now talking to you i will know better next time yeah you can't shy away from it. like you'll see some of them they have like this big looks like a big pot and then in the middle they have something that they can put the you know meat on top of but it's all boiling you know oil that's just yeah you know the meat's been in there for and i don't even know how old that oil might be but it's just so much flavor in it you can't shy away from that yeah and actually i actually was told like i had someone who knew what what trucks to hit by the hotel so but there was one that did put it back on the grill to give it a little that crispiness Uh, i remember that yeah and that was i but i don't remember the meat it was it was it was beef but it was really good so but i i i i think i just like it was funny my son my son wanted to order taco bell like uh thanksgiving weekend i'm like no i'm like done i know I don't, I don't <laughs> taco no no you can't it's hard it's hard to go back to that yeah yeah um you know so the other thing i wanted to do is you know we do a segment on the thursday show uh, actually, the Tuesday show. This is the Thursday show. This is what happens when you get old. Um, we it, it's presidential trivia, um, and we're gonna do it here for you, Oliver, because uh, you sponsored a segment, um, and it's brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Diana Havana, distributors Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron, and now Alfonso. Buy United, smoke United, live United. So. Oliver, I think I was telling you this is a, we what we've done with this on the on the Tuesday show is we ask Bear some really hard presidential trivia questions. We don't give him any choices, okay? So and he's he's only missed once, which is amazing, and I think well, he yeah. So yours isn't quite as tough, right? But I'm gonna give you some more. It's it's not a it's not a slam dunk, right? I want to see if you can get it, okay? And you're gonna get some multiple choices with this one uh, to do, all right? Um, Aaron, I can tell you the answer to this one either, so you can answer it as well. Right. So presidents of the United States have become very much associated with opening day at baseball games for throwing out the first pitch. All right. Now, of these f- five presidents, I'm going to tell you. One of these presidents never threw an opening day pitch. At a baseball game, they did throw pitch. They threw, throw a pitch at at a, at a the one who didn't has thrown a pitch at a at a at a baseball game, but not opening day. And here are your five choices: Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Lyndon B. Johnson, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, or Ronald Reagan. Now you have a right to appeal the answer with Bear, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Bear, Bear also so, gets like a right to appeal if he gets it wrong and he can research it. But uh, they've has, all they've all thrown a pitch. They've all thrown a pitch, but one did not throw at an opening day yet. pitch. Yep. Roosevelt, Johnson, Ford, Carter, Reagan. 
trying to think if there were any delays. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. I'm just going to go with one of my favorites, Reagan. Reagan. Aaron, Say Reagan. Your, okay, Reagan. Aaron, what's your answer? Uh, I'll go with Roosevelt. Okay. The answer is Jimmy Carter. God, that was oh, really? I thought about that one. He, now he threw he threw the, he threw the pitch out in the in the Orioles Pirates World Series, but he did not throw for some reason they never got him to throw it out at opening day. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, it was a this was originally a bear question, but I just said I'm going to do it here, so you you guys can appeal it. You, but the, but, but you you never asked. Did you ask Baird before the show? No. I wonder if he would have gone there. I'll actually Probably. ask him, Mike, before he listens. If he's not listening, I'll see if he, uh, if he, if you know, I'll, I'll ask him. Yeah, because he's. I mean, he's a baseball fan too. Yep. Yep. So that might be one that he just. I mean, how do you even pull like that? Uh, you have to. You have to specifically research that one. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do. I had to do some research for this. Yeah, question. We've had to do research for these questions too. Yeah. And with Bear, I have to pull stuff that's not obvious. Like, if you ask something too easy, he's going to get it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So I was like, there was one I was going to, I mean, I hit him with some international travel ones and, and he got him. I was like, and the one where I had to ask him, he had a map of president to the, to the state, the states that came into the union under a particular president. Like that was a tough one to do. So, and he, and he did it and he got every one of them. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. So, all right, but that's our presidential trivia segment brought to you by United Cigars. So, thanks, Oliver, for uh, supporting us on that. We do it's a fun segment. We do. We wanted to make sure you were part of it tonight. So, appreciate yeah. that. Check is in the mail too. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, Oliver. Um, the next two segments are shorter, so uh, I'm going to just do a sponsor read, and then we'll get into those. Uh, all right. So, I want to mention, of course. J.R.E. Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most flavorful and robust tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aro took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and Sudhusto bring their very own brand to market, each containing that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest, the Aladino Classic. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that's tasted in every drawer. And Jerry Tobacco also is partnering with United Cigars on the Abuelo line. So keep that in mind. Uh, of course, our friend at Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's Epicenter and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And finally, by Corona Cigars, a Corona Cigar Company. They take track and the pride that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Drew Estate, Selected Tobacco, Perdomo, and Aganorsa Leaf. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. 
Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. Cigar Aficionado Magazine wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at Corona's website or visit one of Corona's four central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars for see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And while I mentioned, uh, we're going to get to our Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars, Live True. So, Albert, these are some non-related cigar questions, except for one I threw in here, which is a little bit cigar-related, that you may talk about in cigar lounges or just uh, around having a cigar. The first question I have, I know, I think I know the answer to it already. Um, meatballs. And my question yeah. is, will you defend your meatball championship? And I think the answer I saw now is yes, you are defending that. I will be defending for the, uh, this will be my third year. Yeah. Um, yeah, defending the defending the title. Defending it. So you'll be the first three-time winner if you win this. If yeah, if I win it, it'll uh, be my three. Uh, my yeah, the first the first uh, three P. Yep. So I took I took down uh, Sock after he did two in a row, yep. and that was with a very controversial stuffed meatball. <laughs> yeah, but I don't uh, know what was controversial took, about it. It was wrong. I, I, right? I don't either. Yeah, but yeah, but there were there were no rules. It didn't say authentic, and then what's authentic? It didn't say it couldn't be stuffed. Mm -hmm. So I did. I actually did lose votes because I mean, you're talking about the East Coast, so you had a couple, uh, you know, a couple East Boston guys that were like, uh, you know, it was a good meatball. The meatball was good, but it was stuffed, so I couldn't vote for it. I was like, <laughs> but you just said it was the best meatball. They must, they must vote for the Hall of Fame baseball as well, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. with these weird right. rules. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they're making it up as it goes. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So I, I remember when it was stuffed, um, I was getting so much shit for it too, because they're like, yeah, it's never going to win. It's stuffed. And you know, Jonathan was like, oh, I tried stuffing it uh, a couple of years ago. It didn't work. I was like, yeah, but you haven't tried my meatball. Like it's pretty damn good. And, uh, there, yeah, there's no, there's no recipe. I just love it. Cost it cost a lot <laughs> to, to practice. And, um, yeah, I used, uh, I used four different meats, when I did it, um, I don't know if this technique helped, but for some reason, I just like layering the meat on a sheet tray first. So I would layer beef, you know, and then I put, um, you know, seasoning and egg wash and, and I used the canned, I used canned mushrooms for that year because I wanted, mm -hmm. you know, the, the moisture. Right. And then I put another layer of lamb. I did the same thing, a layer of pork, same thing. And another layer of, of what's the fourth one? Something else. Lamb, pork veal and and beef and i just let that i let that sit you know first and then and then i just pressed it folded it pressed it folded it. so it wasn't yeah and i kept it cold and um i don't know for whatever reason it worked that first year i stuffed it with uh, a small mozzarella pearl ball prosciutto and uh and basil mm -hmm. and then uh and then last year i just yeah i just did a whole whole new recipe i used uh ricotta and I did a, a mirepoix first and blended that up just to, you know, give it a different, uh, different texture. I just wanted, I wanted to keep it moist. My, my wife watched that one the year you beat Sokka. It was, they were live streaming it. And she said, uh, I remember she said, no, it's a totally valid meatball from the Italian standpoint. She was, <laughs> she, she's a, she makes a pretty good meatball. Um, but she, she, she said, no, he, he did. He, yeah, it's, that's valid. Uh, so yeah. Uh, you got her, you got her vote. It, it was uh, funny watching Sokka's evolution, you know, the first year is like, 
well, who's going to eat my meatball to like the confidence level by year three. And then, yeah. then he gets <laughs> yeah. beat and now, now, but he's not coming back again this year, right? He's retired. Right. There's some new people you have this year. Yeah. 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 New people. Yeah, he yeah his his evolution was great. Yeah, very very confident. And then when he lost, it was like, oh, it's no big deal. I wanted to throw it. I'm so tired. I wanted to throw it. He yeah. was putting videos up he, of him yeah, making yeah. the meatballs that year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like look at what I bought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I think it's it's all it's it's it, like cigars. It's it's subjective. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Last year was a tough tough competition. Uh, Capolini was there. Carney was there. Um, there were a couple. Um, Two two other Italian guys, you know, using family recipes and yeah. Or I felt bad for Capolini. He was talking to Capolini. Capolini got beat pretty bad, right? He got, yeah. He How did he yeah. lose? How does he lose? I, he said he was using his grandmother's recipe. And it was an old, you know. Oh, this is definitely gonna win. And he's throwing. I mean, he became more Italian that night than any other. You know, time yeah. I've seen him. He's already pretty thick yeah. on Italian. Um, yeah, it just didn't. You know, like the old Italian way. I mean, I think a meatball was just you know what's in the fridge let's grind it all up and and throw it together yeah. and make a meatball so uh, i'm not saying and you know no disrespect to the you know to him or the or his grandmother's recipe but um you know the older the recipe you know it doesn't always work out and it, maybe the execution or whatever i don't know yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee you though his last place is still better than probably most people so yeah you know, yeah. yeah so yeah. i <laughs> well, give him that yeah no that's good <laughs> now as far as meatballs go all right um Italian meatball, Swedish meatball, or some other alternative meatball. What's your meatball of choice? And they're all. Look, I'm a fan. I'm a food fan, so I've had <laughs> yeah. some. I've had if some. If you lamb- put meat in a ball, you're in, you're in, right? <laughs> yeah, like I've had, I've had I've had lamb tandoori meatballs. I've had um, like an Asian uh, meatball with like a hoisin sauce, and I think it was you know then it was like out of turkey meat, um, and and. Look, every now and again, I'll admit it, the Ikea Swedish meatball, you know, bring it home fast and easy. Yeah, why not? Uh, I I did have a chance when I went to Sweden. I, I asked where the best place was, right? And I went there, and it was basically, they, it was like they had elk elk in the meatball. Uh, with some other, I think there was some other meats in there, but it was mostly, it was elk, elk forward. It was really good, the Swedish meatball with the elk. Huh. So, so, yeah, that was the one. It was yeah. someplace in the old, the old city uh, I was sent to. Maybe so, I'll try to get it a little exotic this yeah. year. Yeah. All right, but, Coop, so I have a question for you. When when are you going to enter the contest and enter your impossible meatball? Um, I have no skills to do that. Is the problem? Even if it was, a, <laughs> you know, I I would put my wife in that contest probably. <laughs> you know what? The impossible. I, I, impossible meatball. I'm gonna see if my wife can see, do it. Here we go. I got it. You know what? But here's the thing. My wife actually. She's been playing with the impossible meat lately, and and, okay. and it's been with mixed results. I'll be honest with you. She made a a pasta for the little soup with the impossible sauces, and I was like, no, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> so, uh, so no, I, I, so she, so I wonder. I'll ask her, but yeah, it won't be me. I don't have the skills to do it. I yeah. mean, it would be. I probably wouldn't even get a vote. So, <laughs> you pull a Ray Ray Liotta. Yeah, Ray Liotta. And throw the throw the plate across the room. Yeah. It was raging raging bull. Was it raging, raging bull? No, yep. Raging. Yeah. No. Yeah. Was it raging yeah. bull? No. Yeah. 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 It was raging bull. But Ray Liotta, that was the actor. Ooh, was oh wow! I, I, I didn't realize it was him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. It wasn't. Yeah. It was De Niro who threw the plate. Yeah. De Niro threw Ray, the plate. Ray, yeah. What was it? Yeah. What was his name in the? What's the boxer? Oh, uh, it was Jake Lamada. Jake Lamada. Yeah. No. Ray Liotta's the, the actor. 
great, great. Uh, who was not? Yeah, who was Jake not Lomata. Lomata. You're thinking Jake Lomata. Yeah, Jake yeah. Lomata. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah. Um, so speaking of meats, have you guys ever had or tried Kobe? Japanese oh, yeah. Kobe A5. Like yeah. I did it for the first time. Uh, it was my it was my son's birthday. And that was his request. I'm like, that's a pretty ballsy request, but he's 18, <laughs> right? So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll try it. And I started researching and, and looking where I could, you know, pick up some, uh, you know, wagyu. And um, I ended up picking, you know, having it shipped in from the New Jersey Costco location. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I, I, you know, researched how to how to cook it properly because you just don't, you know, it's not a steak that you want to mess up. It's just a, and, basically uh, a sear kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, I seasoned it, uh, you know, salt, really just salt the night before, then let it, you know, dry a little bit in the fridge, and um, yeah, I did, I did a sear, and then I, I did a, a little wash with uh, garlic, uh, rosemary, thyme, and and butter, but um, you know, all I was watching YouTube videos, and they were saying, you know, one ribeye is going to be enough for you know four people. I'm like, you're out of your mind, you kidding right. me? Like, if it's that good, like, <laughs> but it's so rich. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's 18 and, you know, he's, he's, he's working out. He eats a ton and um, he, I think he tried to eat more than he could. And he got sick. He got, he threw oh, up yeah. that night. Uh, it was just so rare. And I, I was feeling sick cause I ate, you know, I was like, oh, this is so good. I have one more bite, yeah. but it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily go back to it anytime soon. One for right. the expense and two, it's just, it's so incredibly rich, but it yeah. is a totally different experience. I have one one ribeye left that I think I'll, I'll save for Christmas, and that'll be more like a, an appetizer. Yeah, cut it up. There you, you know? go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to sit down with a steak, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's very. In fact, I had my first Kobe steak in San Francisco, not on the trip, Aaron. I was last year. This was like my previous trip, which was like fourteen years before that. Yeah, you didn't um, have any wake you up there with um, Garrett in Minnesota. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had photo. Uh, and he took me to a hell of a yeah. He took oh, me to yeah, hell of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I did not have wagyu or, or lobster tails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm next time I'm out there, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to take him up and and on uh you know on his on that uh restaurant because he said it's the best oh, broth. I went back there the next day. It's the best broth, he's right. Um it was unbelievable. It's it's in St. Paul, it's in the uh the Asian section of St. Paul which is the university mm-hmm. area. And you go there and it looks like it's, you know, it's not the best area, but trust me, uh, he, he knows his father and that was really good. Uh, I, I went back the, the next day. I had like kind of a free day to myself. Cause, and I went there for lunch. I, I went and got some and <laughs> took it back. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, it was that good. Yeah. So, uh, so well, did and you... not go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, did you get the, uh, the, the Vietnamese iced coffee? Oh yeah. With the little, that... um, that's I, yeah. crack. Yeah, that's, that's crack. Yeah, we uh we get that around here too. That's becoming popular yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, uh, my son's made it at home actually now, too. Yeah. So he bought the kid yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's He's got we, the condensed milk. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> and if you ever have the Vietnamese coffee with the condensed milk, the hot coffee, yeah. It, it's it's very it's very rich. It's very sweet, is what I'll tell you. Yeah. But it's good. It's yeah. good. Um all that's right. Becoming- popular too vietnamese beans it's, i'm seeing a little bit more they're of that. Ver- and they're strong uh they're very yeah. there's a lot more caffeine level in those beans um and i order i order them through the mail and there was one place they sent you the the fin which is the kind of the thing you use to drip the coffee in you don't you mm-hmm. don't make that in a in a coffee pot or no coffee no it's that it's that little i have that 
that little metal piece that sits right on top of the coffee cup. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then what's cool is you put the condensed milk in and the coffee and it comes out like a, a, a black and white kind of look. So it's, it's real. it looks good when you do it. You get a glass coffee mug so it re- you can see that. It really looks nice. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you don't put the condensed milk in the grounds. You mean you put the condensed milk in the glass cup first? You put it in the glass cup the first. Coffee, yeah, drip yeah, on okay. it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got a few more questions. Uh, your next one is, what do you need to fix the Boston Red Sox right now? Oh. <laughs> new new management. I mean, getting rid of Xander. I haven't seen Devers. Devers has done nothing, right? No, no signing. No. I mean, they're that team's falling falling apart. It's gonna be a. We're in a rebuilding stage. I see. I thought I, uh, I think, the guy you got from Tampa to run the team. I thought he was gonna do a good job. He's not. <laughs> I mean, it's clear. No. Yeah, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a few years. Yeah. It's a shame because you guys were close. You guys were only close a year ago. You guys yeah. came close. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know why. I, I don't know what happened in the, you know, in the meetings with, with Xander, but uh, I mean, he was kind of the, you know, the face of the team. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why you'd let that go. I mean, I let was, him go. I actually wanted him for the Phillies. I'm not upset. We got Trey Turner, but um, I mean, it was his no. a signing, but, but I was actually thinking Xander would have been a really good fit for the team for what yeah. they needed. Yeah. Just kind of no, guy I mean, can manufacture runs and stuff like that. Yeah. Turner Turner is a great addition. Um, it, it is. You know, I, was, I I hated losing Vasquez. I love that he got you know went to Houston, got the ring, and then now he's in he's in Minnesota, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, Xander went to the Padres, so that's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, now there's rumors that Tatis is going. Uh, the Yankees were looking at him. Yeah, uh, I don't know where that started. I, I don't see it happening. I don't see. San, I mean, San Diego's committed. I think to keeping the the, the team together at yeah. least for now. Yeah, I would think so. They have a new owner the last few years, and I don't know if he's going to be the owner eventually to just break the team apart like previous owners did. No, no, yeah. they're close. They're close to getting there. Yeah, I mean they oh. look. They they actually Phillies. I mean Phillies got lucky in that series. I'll just say that. So they, I was root, I was rooting for him. Look, I, we had a hell of a season. I can't complain. The yeah. the the no hitter though in the uh, World Series hurt though. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful. Yeah. Are you guys doing anything for uh, what about the World Baseball Classic? I think I'm I'm gonna have to travel. Um, I'm, gonna have to see, I, I'm gonna have to see a game. I yeah. want to see if I can get down to Florida for it. Um, in what is it, February? Uh, March. March. I know Miguel Shodell from Crown Heads is like gonna be going to games for sure. Yeah. He's like really yeah. into the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, Dominican. I think you got Puerto Rico playing down in Florida. Yeah. Arizona's got. I know they have USA and Mexico. Yeah, I don't know yeah. In that I'm not going to be able uh, to make Columbia, it. Columbia, Canada, and yeah. UK. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, not, Netherlands. Not Netherlands is in that bracket too, right? I think they got Say a again? team. Does the yeah. Netherlands have a team? Uh, they do have a team, but it's uh, no, they yeah they are in Pool A, so they're in Taiwan. Okay, they're with Cuba and Italy and Panama and yeah Chinese Taipei. Yep. Yep. So they'll be playing out so there. So where is it? Yeah, it's it's Taiwan, Japan, Japan, and Arizona, then, uh, Arizona, and Miami. Where's the finals? Finals are in Miami. The finals are in Miami. Okay. Yeah. I, I guarantee Miguel will be going. There. The semis and the finals are in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. He will find a way to go to that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, like I said, he's really into that. Um, probably of all of our baseball crew, he's the guy. Uh, he'll be. We'll be getting hourly updates. I think on that when that happens. 
I want to see what those tickets are going to be going for. I you bet. got a strong Latin community down there. Oh, yeah. You do, you do, yeah. You do. All right. Switching well, gears. Yeah. yeah. Switching gears. Uh, a band or musical artist you like? I'm a Buffett. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Uh, I, to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Big, 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 big Buffett. First uh, first concert was uh, early 90s at Great Woods out here in, in Mass, outdoor lawn seats. And um, my last one, and I saw him in Vegas. I've seen him in California. Um, the last one I went to was just this this summer. Uh, it, it happened. I was, at, uh, I was up in New Hampshire. I caught the Outlaw uh, concert series, which was a Willie Nelson, ZZ Top, uh, Zach Bryant, and um, which was that was a strange concert because Z, uh, uh, Willie Nelson was the was the the headliner, and you had a couple early early bands that were you know good, and then Zach Bryant comes out and he's got the young you know the young crowd and they're all going crazy for him. And then it leaves, you know, then it starts to get dark and then you got ZZ Top that comes out and tons of energy. And like, I mean, the hairs on my arm, arms were, were popping up because it was just so nostalgic. And I mean, they crushed it. And then Willie Nelson comes out and God bless Willie, but <laughs> he, he's just old and slow and like the energy just kind of, you know, left, left the, the amphitheater. And, but it was good. I mean, it was great to see him. I, I've always wanted to see him. And that was my first time uh, checking him out. So that was good. But I say that because then the next morning I'm driving back to back to um, back to Cohasset, where, where I live south of Boston. And um, I had said I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see Buffett again. And it had been a couple of years and I'm driving. And I see this car, this minivan driving by. And it's got like fins to the left, fins to the right. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Honk at him and say hi. I'm like, wait a second. Is he playing in you know, in, in mass today. And, you know, I'm, I'm driving, wasn't texting, but I said, Hey Siri, you know, look up Jimmy Buffett concerts and well, my phone's going off. Um, and he was playing that night. So I text, uh, you know, text my daughter. She was at work. I'm like, Hey, you want to go see Jimmy Buffett? Cause she's a big, big concert fan. Anyway, she had never seen him and she knew she knows that I'm a big fan. And uh, she's like, yeah, I'll definitely go. So she, she spur of the moment type of uh, of girl and um you know she's she's awesome 16 and still wants to hang out with me which is even better yep. and um so i got home and i bought bought tickets we were nine rows back and he just he absolutely crushed it so buffett's buffett's one that uh is you know is big on my big on my list and one guy that i would love to share a cigar with i have not seen buffett in concert actually but i am a fan of his he had you a know, cigar he had a cigar a few years ago with cao but it didn't pan out yeah he's i mean his concerts are more you know it's it's more about the the tailgating before it's yeah. the it's the environment it's just a fun it's a fun atmosphere um you know his his music isn't overly complex right um, yeah it, you know but it, it's just it's a it's a great time yeah uh, it's kind of like fish is the same boat yeah uh, yeah fish I, and uh, i'll give you a little more, story you could appreciate oliver more um, psychedelics yeah I took a friend of mine. He was uh, a good friend of mine. And we go into a lot of concerts together, but we were in Philadelphia and we went to Morimoto's restaurant. We're walking out of Morimoto's restaurant and he recognized the four people from fish. Wow. And we actually talked to him for about 20 minutes. And uh, they said, Hey, you going to the show tonight? And we're like, um, no, we couldn't get tickets. Right. It, we, we really weren't into fish at all. And uh, Mike Gordon 
pulls two tickets out and says, have a good time tonight. No. Yeah. And we went and uh, we and I got into I got we both got into it, actually, after that. We weren't really into that. But, yeah, we both got into it. Yeah, sometimes it's about the experience too. Yeah, right. That, but there was so not, there was so, and this was at the time. This was their farewell tour. They were retiring, but they came back three years later. So it was like their <laughs> second to last show. They were doing the final show in Vermont, and they were in, they were in Camden doing. They were going to do the show in Camden. They actually have a, a nice uh, amphitheater there. This it's probably the only good thing in Camden. But yeah, they gave us two tickets. They were great seats and everything. He pulled out two tickets. Have a good time, yeah. And we oh, went. That's awesome. We went. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I saw Buffett one year. And it was his farewell tour, and that was that might have been late nineties, and uh, yeah, he's still still going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't want to one. I have a similar story. I don't want. I hate being the douchebag that tries to one up a story, but <laughs> you know, giving out tickets. So I was in Vegas, and I had a friend that uh, that that flew out, and he was just hanging out that that weekend, and it just happened that the UN Alvino was going on that day, and. Um, you know, with the, with the retail locations that we had, we had the, you know, cigar bars too. So we had some liquor, um, you know, contacts, they got us into the UNL Vino. And then while we were at UNL Vino, it was the same thing. We were trying to go to the Buffett concert, didn't have tickets. One of, uh, one of the reps, uh, for the liquor company was like, Oh, if you want to go to the Buffett concert, I can get you, I can get you in there and I can get you the Corona pre-show, uh, tailgate. If you want to do that too, we're like, hell yeah, we'll do that. So we go to the the pregame, then we go into the into the show to to see Buffett. And I see one of the ladies there that used to come into our shop. She used to get our box. She wasn't a cigar smoker, but she liked empty boxes. Mm-hmm. So we say hi. I'm talking to her. She's like, "Oh, where are you guys sitting?" And I'm oh, sure her the tickets. She's like, "Oh, let me let me try to get you something." She got us better tickets. <laughs> we go to the, we go to the seats. The seats are taken. I go back to her and I say, oh, yeah, there's someone in the seat. She's like, really? So she goes to her boss. He's standing there. He's got a clipboard and he's looking at it. And she's like, oh, look, I just got my friends. These, you know, uh, these seats, but they said they were taken. You know, do we have anything else? And he's looking at the board and he's like, these are your friends. And, you know, she's like, yeah, how good, good friends. And she goes, very good friend. I remember he had his glasses. like you know, down his nose. He goes like this. He just looks at me like this, puts his glasses up checks it and then gives us tickets we were front row for buffett oh wow wow center for that <laughs> and that's the recorded that's a recorded concert you know buffett in las vegas um i was nice. screaming my head off yeah it was, wow I mean, that's cool that is, just, that's so sometimes it just everything just lines up yeah, yeah. it does you know? that's a good story yeah that's that'll, a good... that'll never happen to me again but that was awesome no. that was good yeah we didn't quite a front row but we were we had decent seats when they gave us those tickets but yeah not front row yeah yeah, yeah i've never that's my first front row concert yeah well, that's good. That's a good story there. Yeah. All right. Got a couple more here. This is a cigar question for you. Now, this is all we're going to bring back one must go for you on this one. <laughs> all okay. Right. All right. So that was the old segment before presidents. And so one of these has to go and it's related to cigar packaging. And here are your choices. Coffins, paper bundles or tubes. One must go. Um. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. It's hard, one, it's hard one, Oliver I, can't say. I, one of them, right. can't, can't say. <laughs> so. Right, I know. Well, <laughs> I, can't, I, I get, yeah. Well, I can't yeah. say. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't say tubes. We got, <laughs> we got, we got tubes coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the one thing I, I, I mean, I like, I like, I like coffins, but I think they're they're just not as. Um, well, I have so many problems you know, pleasing, with coffins. Pleasing to the eye, and I like the paper bundles because people have been really creative 
with them. And I think there's more, more freedom there, more room. So I, I, I think I'd have to get rid of the, rid of the coffins. As much as my favorite paper bundles, I have to say coffins because I've had more problems with coffins, uh, you know, with moisture and stuff like that. Now, everything I get in a coffin now, I, I have to pull it out immediately. Uh, otherwise, it went, cause I tend not to smoke stuff right away. So have you seen, you've seen the new Toscano, I guess it's a coffin, right? That one, that hundred, seen, not, that, yeah, yeah that, $80 one. Yeah. Kind of folds yeah. up yeah. and then folds under. Yeah. That's a pretty cool design. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it that. You'll never use it again, but it's pretty cool. Probably not. Right? Yeah. 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 Did you smoke that cigar? Mm-mm. No, I, I haven't. I got my hands on it. Yeah. I don't know if they're, they're they were what? very, very limited though. I mean, yeah. What's super limited? I mean, what's crazy is even that one. They're saying, "Yeah, cut that one in half." And I just, I bought, you know, I, I can't, I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do cut it. An eighty dollar cigar, right? Yeah, I can't do it. I can't even do it yeah. with the with the eight dollar cigars they got. Yeah, <laughs> right. because I can't do it. Uh, I'll buy the Toscanellos, which are already cut in half. I'd rather yeah. just do that. All right. Uh, two more questions on this segment. Um, a home repair where you have to call in for outside help. Oof. Or any home project that you have to call for outside help? Um, usually, any any type of any type of finish work because I'll I'll get into it. And what's been a blessing is YouTube. Like I fix yeah. a lot of things with YouTube, and it shows you. Like I fixed I fixed a flat screen TV by going to which is now gone Radio Shack to get a little transformer, and I bought a soldering kit and I fixed it and all from youtube um but like the upstairs uh yeah just recently upstairs uh shower there was a leak on the outside so there was something in the in the in the base that the water was coming out i couldn't figure out i tried everything i was taking everything apart but it's the it's the finished work so i guess uh i guess a, you know would that be just a carpenter to do that because i'm yeah it's oh, like, it's i'm tough. like a kid with popsicle sticks and paste <laughs> yeah it's good it's good all right last question in this segment uh if you had a reality show about you what would the title be what not to put into a tortilla <laughs> I love that. that's a good one all right so um what we're gonna do is uh, one more round of sponsor break and then the last segment short and we'll be done so i know we kept you a while but appreciate your time oliver oh yeah no worries all right so i want to make I, I slept. I slept in this morning till about one because I knew uh, I knew I was doing the show. There you go. Well, I, I have to do that with Barry. I have to do that with Barry's show now. Yeah, <laughs> I take the yeah. next day from work actually. <laughs> yeah. When yeah, I get, yeah. a couple of times I couldn't because he needed like a fill in last minute, so, but most of the time I've yeah I've taken the next day off or the morning off at least. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our final segment, but let's mention our, a few of our sponsors: J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, the J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elver Hole, J.C. Newman was premium cigar by hand, hand-operated antique Cigar Machines. The J.C. Newman Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua. It's a brick house, Pearl de Mar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. 
Jason's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond Cigars are handmade by Tobacco Art A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans has founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, health care, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making, and for many years they've manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. The Cuevas family now has a very own brand to, in the market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You can try the Casa Cuevas line, the La Mandaria, Patrimonio, the Sangue Nueva lines, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars are my casa to yours. And this is our industry deliberation segment, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, there is no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive appearances on that on the half wheel consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Carita Tricky Traca. Visit DTT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Oliver, I have a couple. Like I said, this is this is going to be probably the two tougher questions I'm going to ask tonight. Um, but there's a couple of things, themes in the industry that have been controversial topics uh, over the, the past maybe year or two years. And I think United has been has had kind of um, has kind of been in the middle of it, maybe with a couple of them. Um, and I think you probably know which the two are, but I'll mention the first one. Um, the first one was this year, the silver bar that came out mm -hmm. at the trade show. Um, and we you know, we were at the booth. We saw the silver bar. Um we we Aaron and I basically I think we came out of it. We really we obviously covered it with you guys. It wasn't something we didn't cover, um, mm -hmm. but it generated a lot of controversy with that. Um, and our opinion was we thought it was a block of silver when we looked at it. You know, I know we had a lot of discussion internally about it, um, but it's been controversial because obviously there's this whole thing of responsible marketing that's going on. So I wanted to just kind of get your opinion on, on that, you know, give you a chance to kind of talk about that a bit as well, because it was something that obviously generated some, some talk this year. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, look with a lot of the products that are out there, we could, if we wanted to dissect, um, the industry, we, we could, um, you know, what's, what's appropriate, what's not. I mean, there are, there are cigars out there that, uh, that degrade women uh, with with the names or or packaging, and there are a lot of women that smoke cigars yep. right now. So I don't think I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. Um, you know, the the cigar bar when we created the idea, the original one, I'll say and I'll agree that that one was definitely more maybe um, you know chocolate bar food right. related, right? But then that one was put aside and that was that was way before i started right i loved i loved the concept and when i started in 2016 and you know we we're looking at all these all these projects that uh you know that david created and i was like well, wait a second this this we can we can do something with like, this right. is this is interesting to me because there was always the argument of well does it taste different does the cigar taste different if it's box pressed or if it's round you know what's you know mm -hmm. so i wanted to take that take that on and it was, you know, could you argue that a, a five pack looks like, you know, a, a bar or a, a chocolate bar? Yeah, you could. A box of cigars looks like a, a chocolate box. Like we mm -hmm. could, we could just continually right. dissect. In fact, yeah. there was, you know, there was something that, that just came out from uh, another manufacturer that was very, um, 
you know, kid oriented because there is something that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a piece that kids use during the, during the holidays, but there was no, there was no talk about that, but that's always been used for, for chocolate. Um, so I think, I think, you know, people, you know, when they want to find something, they can, if we wanted to find something on, on um, a lot of cigars, either the name, the colors that are used, um, the style of packaging, the characters, um, you know, whatever's behind it, because there are a lot of cartoon-esque characters that are, are used. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was, it was a hot topic. So then everybody was looking for, for something, um, you know, there, there are, um, you know, guys in the, in the media that covered certain things, but then didn't want to cover our cigar bar. And I was like, well, you got to pick and choose like you either you're a hundred percent behind it or, or you're not. So I can't disagree with, you know, people that want to have an opinion about something, but I thought the, the cigar bar, because even if you go back to the Aladino cigar bar, we took the Aladino and we box pressed it and Mm -hmm. people loved it because it gave the Aladino fans, um, another variation of the same blend, same cigar, just box pressed. And, and we had a lot of people that said, Oh, I actually, uh, I had well, either never tried Aladino before, and, but I wanted to try it, or I'm an Aladino fan. I want to try a box press. So when we came out with the the Rocky Patel Silver Bar, celebrating 25 years of of Rocky Patel, and we were a little little behind, I think a year, you know, a year behind. But you know, there are a lot of things that are are behind. But um, you know, for yeah. this one, we had three different cigars in there um, that that we box pressed. So you had the 99, the Sun Grown, and the Edge. Um, so it just it's a sampler pack that gave you know the the consumer an option to try. A Rocky Patel that is, is now box press. So yeah, we got we got a little little pushback on that more so this year from from retailers that just didn't want to get involved with it and get um, you know get the pushback from their customers. But I think it was a little um, you know overinflated on on what it was. Yeah, uh, I think the the only real connection between the two, you know, the previous packaging and this packaging was the same format of the, of the kind of the foil. Right, so you moved away from the the colors and things like that, that made it look like something else, just right. making it silver and kind of playing off of, yeah. you know, what the silver bar kind of would have on it. I think, you know, yes, utilizing similar packaging that you already have saves you money. Um, right. And then changing that kind of that outer covering into something else solves the problem. I mean, you right. can't just like, yeah, I mean, you can't, I think that they're really they're really reaching at this point now to try to f- find something wrong with this one. So, yeah, no, yeah. and there and, and there are there were look we talked about bundled cigars for you know papered um, you know five pack ten packs that are named you know they just switch the the name a little bit but it's the exact same logo of of another uh, company. Yeah. And they just made it into their their cigar brand, and yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't want to. You know, I'm not bad mouthing them at all because I think it's it's creative. I mean, you don't have kids coming in for for cigars. We're not marketing towards kids because we can't even advertise. You know, out there yeah. and showcasing it. And you know, if you talk about advertising, I mean, there's so much that we need to tackle. You know, when it comes to social media. So yeah, was this on on social media? Yes. Did we post it? Yes. But you pull up Instagram and. I'm I'm horrified sometimes of the things that uh, you know my kids pull up. Oh, you know, I, I, I could agree on it. You know, so yeah, we have to do do what we can. But out of the entire United portfolio, this is the one the one thing. And for you know, for I mean, for us to be lumped in when you know some others weren't, um, you know, it's 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 questionable. But 
yeah, I, I didn't see anything wrong with, with this one. I thought it was, um, you know, elegant. And, um, yeah, it looks like a silver bar. You know, I so think gold, a gold bar is coming next, right? So yeah. sure right. Stay <laughs> in. Right. right. I think that's, I think that's been done. Right. Was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Co- they took Co- in bank, banker or, or something yeah, like yeah. that. The yeah. old Kivos did it too. Yeah. Yeah. The old yeah. Kivos had that. Yeah. And um, there's, I think Taranio did it with the vault as well. Hmm. You know, I think the narrative changed a lot in fairness to like the, the original one that Dave had going, going back. And even, yeah. even last year's, the Aladino one, it, the narrative's changed in the last 12 months with this a lot, where it got a lot more attention than it probably, you know, like I said, if 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 this was released three years ago, no one would have blinked an eye on no. this. In no, my opinion. But, but there obviously things have, have changed a lot. I mean, is your plan to continue this series? I mean, because, you know, you got some pushback on this. Is this something that you guys are going to still keep stick with the concept here with? So it's, yeah, it's definitely been uh, discussed because uh, it's, you know, we, we look at, um, I mean, we, we kind of look at, at both sides and do we want to continue to ruffle feathers? You know, that's not really our, our MO, you know, I mean, there, are, you know, there are some that do it and, and, and they do it well and uh, they don't, they don't mind it. Um, you know, for, for us, it's, it's a, it's a cigar bar. I love doing, you know, the, the box press of a cigar. That's I think that's a cool that, idea. You know, I think it's a cool yeah, idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe it may be a different format. And, and, you know, the funny thing is if we take these three cigars, and we don't have the foil and it's wrapped and we still call it the cigar bar is now the word cigar bar going to be an issue. Do we have it? You know, I don't know if we call it, you know, whatever cigar press, um, you know, but somebody will come up with, you know, an issue. If, if somebody wants to find an issue, they'll, they'll find an issue. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, is it going away? No, that's not hundred percent that it's, it's going away, but okay. uh, we've, you know, just want to figure out, uh, you know, not necessarily to make everybody happy because that's never going to happen, but right. uh, we, no, you won't. We could, yeah. Can we tweak it a little bit? Uh, so that's just a little more acceptable, accepted on the market. Um, yeah, that's definitely something. something I, I like the, about. I like the concept you guys are bringing with the idea of taking a existing brand and, and doing the expression of it in a box press. I think it's a cool idea. And the fact that it's limited and, you know, I think that makes it, I think it's a, I, I think that idea is great to do it. Uh, it, it's a fun thing to compare and contrast them as well. Yeah, and look out of out of some of the projects that we've we've done. I mean, you mentioned uh, you have Dunbarton as your as your as an advertiser, uh, and a great you know Sock is great, and the you know the company is great. Their Mi Carita, um, you know, the Tricky Tracker came out of the Firecracker, Firecracker. project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Al, you know Aladino came back, and you know Huso was saying that he got a tremendous response from that, and you know they're they're thinking of Box Press and um you know you know doing something and um you know same way the same with rocky they were you know they have box press but they never box pressed these cigars so it was you know it just it it keeps it interesting for us um as as smokers so yeah it's something we want to continue we just have to figure out a different uh you know maybe a different angle but uh but you know again when you look at like the we're, we're adults we eat chocolate we you know there there are a lot of things that we share as far as you know our palates with younger younger people but you know in the in the chocolate industry uh you have you have chocolates with liquor in it or you know and then there's no problem with the cbds and uh you know all that so um yeah i i don't i don't know i don't know where it ends once you open this yeah. you know this this box um yeah it can get uh, it can get tricky yeah no it, i think like i said it's um 
it's a cool concept. It's interesting. Aladino actually had that Maduro originally. It was rounded, and they ended up box pressing that one. And the, and I think why they didn't release the rounded one. It was so strong. It was I think it was too strong yeah. for what they were looking to do for Coraline. But it was very good rounded. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. So like I said, I I think um, you know, obviously these. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of at least talk about that piece. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Now the other one is uh this was the year before it was the stadium series um and the first stadium series had to be put on hold but you guys eventually did release that um I want to say something about that 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 was the uh candela of the asylum correct in, in the yeah. 70s so just you know um I sent a couple of the cigars you um you made to Australia to my guy Dave um who is a candela freak Okay, and but he hates seventy by seventies. He loves that cigar. I could just tell you that. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> wow! In, fa- in fact, um, I I had some to give him. You know, I just met him in Minnesota to take back to Australia. But the weight is they wait they is he's gonna get killed on customs with weight. So I I held that one back to mail. I'm gonna mail him some more of those because he really likes it. And I, I thought it was a, a cool project. But Oliver, you know what the deal was? I mean, you guys. Why did you guys end up putting that on hold was my question and then releasing it. What was the issue with that? Why couldn't you have just released it last year and just do what you did with it? Yeah, but it was, I mean, there was no, there was nothing. um, Yeah. There was nothing legally that said we couldn't, but it was out of, you know, conversations with, um, you know, that was, that was made by, by asylum. And we talked to Christian and, um, you know, he said, well, can you put it on hold? Because there was another, manufacturer that didn't want that to come out because it was the it was our stadium series is our first right. launch and uh, it was the it was the green monster and again being from boston and you know david started the project and then i took it over and it, it meant a lot to me being a you know red sox fan as well as you know david and being a baseball fan and within the you know the side if you have the box and off the top of my head i can't fully remember but the score if you look at the score and everything in there i got my kids you know, their birthday in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's 12, you know, it must be one to two. It was 12, seven and then um, four twenty one, And then up to bat is number. Yeah. Up to bat is number five. And that's, you know, my son Luke plays, um, plays a lot of baseball. He's playing in, he's going to play in college in the year after. Yeah. So yeah, I can't, yeah, there it is. if you see, yeah, up to bat number yep. five yep. and then, yeah. So you see 12, it's one to two. So 12, yep. seven is his birthday. And oh wow! Four four twenty one is my daughter's birthday. Oh wow! So yeah, I mean this was this was a project that meant you know meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, baseball fan, I wanted to throw you know throw my kids' info in there. Um, yeah, we didn't see a uh, you know a problem with it because it's more you know MLB related. But uh, yeah, there was you know someone someone had uh, an issue with it. We never spoke directly with them. Um, they they spoke to um, to Christian and and just out of a favor to you know, to, to Christian, just to avoid any, any further headaches. Um, we didn't release it that, that year, but the next year when we did, so we went back with Christian and we did the CLE, right. uh, the 11, 11, 18, um, we, for, for the retailers, when they purchased that stadium series two, then they got the stadium series one for free. So oh, it was okay. just a way to, for us to still get it out, but we didn't, yeah, didn't sell it. Uh, but, but got it back out on the market and, uh, we only released, I think, the the six by sixty this year. Right. So we have right. the seven by seventy that that'll uh, that'll come yeah. out again. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm just saying, you know, Citizens Bank Park would be a very nice addition <laughs> to the series. I'm just, just throwing that out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it can, yeah, we definitely I mean we have we have a lot of there are a lot of stadiums yeah. and it doesn't yeah. have to be MLB related. It can be a lot of, you know, a lot of stadiums that uh, you know, we would just want to want to highlight and yeah. everybody I shouldn't say everybody, but you know, look, we get together in these stadiums for for concerts or for sporting yeah. events or, you know, so uh, it was just a way again like uh it, it, like we try to do is is work with manufacturers you know have everybody united uh and and give different different options yeah, yeah. You know? it was it was really cool i mean the, the yankee stadium was the second one too i thought they i think they they're just great you know these are the types of boxes i i keep i brought this one down tonight you know they, these are the types of boxes i love so yeah. uh they, they they were beautiful but i wanted to just kind of give you a chance to on that one as well to yeah, explain that yeah all right Aaron, anything else we have? The girl set. All right, Oliver. Thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely, uh, do appreciate it. Um, so uh, you know, um, before we go, I just want to mention next week's show, primetime two fifty three, will be the last primetime of two thousand twenty two. Uh, the plan is uh, we're gonna have Tim Wong, um, on the show in the in Aaron's studio. I think is the plan. So uh, I'll, oh, I'll make nice. sure. T- Tim connects with you as far as logistics go, but that will be our last show of the year um, doing that. So uh, we do, we do appreciate, you know, uh, Aaron, appreciate you hosting that. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, but, uh, yeah. But Oliver, again, uh, great year you guys have had. Uh, thank you for the support as well. Um, yeah. Very, very excited. What's the, uh, what United has going. So just keep it up, man. It's great stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We have, uh, I mean, for 2023, we got some, you know, firecrackers have been doing really well for us uh, overall, just, you know, the, the, the core line, but then we have two, you know, we had the the black bomb that came out. That was the Maduro firecracker that's uh-huh. not going into regular production. That'll be in a, in a box now. And then we had, uh, we had one that was also controversial. Actually, we had the, uh, the Irish car bomb. Oh my goodness! Uh, I took I took I took a lot of hits on that one. That, yeah, it was a good cigar. Aaron reviewed yeah. it, and liked it too. I think. Yeah, I put it up on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to double it, down it, on it. So yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it came, it came out great, and that's going to be more of a you know regular production and launch for uh, I don't know about this year for St. Patrick's Day, but you know changing up you know the packaging will be more branded, so it's all the all the same. But uh, you know th- that'll be in a, a more regular rotation, and then. Uh, this year we have uh, a few LEs that uh, that'll be coming out. Uh, you know, obviously the one still in uh, in July, but then we have uh, have two others that we're very very excited for. Um, you know, to to be hitting the shelves. And then uh, when I was just in the in the Dominican this week, we we're changing up uh, a blend of of something that's that's been on the market uh, was doing well, but uh, you know, for for me it was it, it meant a lot to kind of change this uh, blend and. Um, when I was down there, I just, um, I tried some, some tobacco that was really, um, uh, really, really nice, sweet and, and just a ton of flavor that kind of softened uh, another Dominican broadleaf that we're using. Um, so it's, it's changing things up, but, um, it's, uh, tobacco from, um, what we call it Kino, but, um, uh, Kiskeya, which is kind of the, you know, the more towards La Romana. Uh, so just a great tobacco. So switching up the blend. So that'll be, uh, that'll be another, another nice, uh, nice little, little piece to throw out there for everybody. That's good. That's great. Yeah. By the way, this number five is tremendous. 
Um, I'm still, still going. On. I'm still working on it. But look at this. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's 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 combusting perfectly. So this is a great size. Um, it, it is well with this. So um, yeah, two and a half hours in. Two and a half hours in. I'm a slow smoker too. I'm not slow. Yeah. I'm not slow as McTavish though, John, Aaron. But yeah, he's the slowest <laughs> smoker I've ever. But no, great yeah. job. Uh, but Oliver, um, you know, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you. Um, Merry Christmas and, to you guys. Uh, I hope we get a chance to connect um, in person. I, I won't be a TPE because Pro Cigar is that week. So, yeah. uh, um, but right. I, think Aaron's, I think Aaron is leaning towards going, right? So, uh, I'm leaning that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Unless something changes right. with my Pro Cigar plans, then if, if well, they change, I'll be a TPE. Yeah. We'll definitely have to connect for, uh, what is it? The, uh, that's a minor league team. I caught a game. Not the, I was going to say the Cavaliers, but it's a, the it's still a night. The Caballeros, but that was I went on like whatever Latin Heritage year. What's your minor league team? Mine. Baseball. Mine, right? Yeah. Uh, we have the Charlotte Knights. The Knights, yeah, yeah. So they were the Caballeros. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 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 So yeah, I that's caught a game. Yeah, that's right. Right. No, okay. Yeah, that's right. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, let me know yeah. it that's a great stadium to go to um yeah yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, yeah I, my my old company our office used to overlook that field and everything so uh i mean it's talk they, they actually have an option to convert it to major league um it oh, was built nice. it was built so if they get a major league team they can convert it so uh nice. yeah yeah well, no, right right on me. right on, yeah so definitely but yeah let me know for sure uh okay. i think if, if the a's move to las vegas we're going to be go, going to yes. you know A's games. About that. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. Down for that. Awesome. All right. Th- thanks, Oliver. Thanks Thank to our audience over. again. Yeah. Thanks to our Thank audience you again. Guys. That's going to wrap up primetime episode 252 into the annals of history for Thursday, December 15th. Now Friday, December 16th on the East Coast. We'll catch everybody next time. See you guys. See you guys.